0: Settle in and get ready for spoilers because this film is lit. You better hold on tight, Spider Monkey. It's Twilight, and this film is lit. hello and welcome back to the first episode in our summer series for 2020 you've seen the previews you've seen the memes it's finally time we're talking about twilight katie are you excited
1: i'm so excited
0: me too uh this is gonna be fun um we're gonna do we're gonna mention here ahead of time uh as we, we, we've done with our previous summer series, there will be some space in between the episodes. So if you're if you're really excited and tuning in for the Twilight episode, uh, stick around for the other ones. But there will be some episodes in between the Twilight episodes to give us time to read them. Um, so this first episode will just be the first movie and the first book. Uh, also, we'll caveat this one, uh, which is true for all of our summer series. We're going to do slightly deep dives. This is a slightly different format than normal. Uh, we both read and watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this first episode, we don't have any sort of other outside perspective. That may change in the future. We'll see. But for now, our plan is to just have us two discuss this series um, without any sort of outside interference, shall we say. We're not neither of us. Uh, you've... I've. This is my first time reading the series. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the first time watching these movies other than this first one, which I've seen before once. Uh, you've read these books mm-hmm. quite a few times, as you discussed in the prequel series, uh, in the prequel episode. This is probably the series that of the three summer series we've done so far that we're the least knowledgeable on, maybe, fans of.
1: I don't wanna yeah. say I don't want to speak
0: for you in terms of how big of a fan you are or well, were at the time.
1: <laughs> were was yeah. I think is more of the right. key. Like this and this is a thing that not a lot of people know because I did the thing yeah. where I pretended I did never liked Twilight. Right. But I used to really like Twilight. Yeah. Like, really, like, I wrote fan fiction of Twilight. We'll just put that out there. So you're Get a, it out in the open. So you're
0: a very large uh, <laughs> company of people who wrote fan, Twilight yes. fan fiction.
1: But, uh, including uh, Yale James, right? But that was um, a long time ago.
0: Right. Uh, but, and this isn't a series you've reread a ton of times, I would assume. No. In the um, same way of, like, Harry Potter. Yeah, which-
1: definitely not something that I've been invested in. Since it initially had its like boom of popularity, like Harry Potter right. or Lord of the Rings, yeah, Lord kind of the Rings of.
0: we hadn't read as much, and we weren't like as big like lore heads as you know some people are. But yeah. we I had seen the movies dozens of times, I'd read all the books except for the last one, I think at least once or twice. Um, and so you know, I and I just I, I like the video games, I was like steeped in Lord of the Rings kind of knowledge a lot more. So, my basically my point is that going into this, if you're a huge Twilight head. Um, first, you, be excited. We're not just going to come in here and dunk on it, as we mentioned in the prequel. Uh, if you are a fan of this series, um, uh, if you're not a fan of this series, there will be things we're going to talk about that we <laughs> did not like. I mean, it, it, as based as you can tell from the intro quote for this episode, there are some silly things in this series uh, that are worth talking about, um, and some critical things that are worth talking about. Uh, so it'll, it'll be a uh, you know, it'll be a, a measured response, um, but we're not super mega uh, like know everything about. This series, So there may be things that we misinterpret or don't know or that sort of thing. Hello, Siri. I wasn't talking to you. Anyways, <laughs> uh, So if you have... Uh, we would love to get your feedback. If you are a mega fan and you know everything and there's some little detail that we don't quite understand, let us know. Um, we would love to hear from you. But all that being said, we do not have Guess Who uh, because we do not have... We both read the books, obviously. Um, but we do have... Let me sum up. If you haven't read the movie... <laughs> or seen the book, (laughs) Um, scratch that, reverse it, Uh, then uh, you'll get a little taste of what this story is about. So, Katie, I'm going to let you take Let Me Sum Up. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up.
1: 17-year-old Bella Swan moves to Forks, Washington to live with her dad and attend high school. At school, she meets the Cullens, a family of mysterious misfits, and Bella is immediately drawn to Edward, the youngest of the family. As their relationship develops, Bella quickly realizes that Edward is not a human, and in fact, he and his entire family are vampires. This complicates their relationship, but ultimately they decide to be together. This is 80% (laughs) of the book.
0: Sorry, I wrote this.
1: (laughs) One evening, a new coven of vampires shows up, and one of them becomes obsessed with hunting and eating Bella. The Cullens and Bella deploy a plan to keep her safe, but when she thinks her mother is in danger, Bella decides to sacrifice herself to save her. Edward and the Collins show up just in time to save Bella, kill the evil vampire James, and the story ends with Bella and Edward attending prom together, cementing their relationship. There you go. I almost, I almost started laughing because Edward and the Collins sounds like a band, a sweet band. It sounds like a folk band. It would
0: have a folk band. <laughs> uh, that's one of us. Uh, we'll talk about it. But there is going to be a new segment later in uh, this episode uh, to kind of replace some of the ones we're missing by not having somebody who didn't read the book. And basically, I'll tease it now. I'm going to predict what I think has happens throughout this series before we get to them. Because the only thing I know is anything about the first one. It's the only movie I had seen, and it's the only book I have now read. So I know nothing, literally, all except for like two small things about what happens in later stories. So we're going to have a segment where I get to predict what I think is going to happen and see how correct I am, which I think should be fun. So stick around for that later. But uh, I may have to predict Edward and the Collins. Uh, that, uh, that opening act for Mumford and Sons <laughs> So uh, as we mentioned We don't have a guest So uh, we don't have a non-book reader So we're going to not do Was that in the book a- Or lost an adaptation That being said you'll obviously get a lot of answers If you had questions about what was in the book And what wasn't during our main segments Which is what we're going to get to now Where we discuss what was better in the book What was better in the movie And what the movie nailed Those are our three main big segments If you're new here Uh, where we compare and contrast and decide which was better in which different ways. Uh, And then so obviously some of that stuff will kind of explore what was and wasn't in the book to begin with. So let's get to our first segment, Better in the Book. You like to read?
1: Oh, yes. I love to read. What do you like to read? Everything. So right off the bat, the movie added a voiceover for bella which we mentioned in the prequel. we did mention
0: that in the prequel i mentioned that that was the director's idea Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which is a very obvious idea when you read the book
1: yeah and the movie added this voiceover and somehow managed to make bella's inner monologue even less interesting yeah than it is in the book
0: it really does it's one of the weak points of the film that we'll get into eventually and kind of discuss more in depth especially in our final verdict but uh, it definitely the inner monologue, while necessary, which is often we've talked about this before, a sign of a weakness in a film. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it necessarily is in this instance. I think you kind of need to have it, but they didn't do a very good job of it. Yeah, because Bella is particularly uninteresting in this film, and her inner monologue it doesn't give us much insight into why we should care or find her interesting. At least that was my experience.
1: No, I did not feel like we should find her interesting at all in the movie.
0: No. And you do have some th- things that we'll get to in the book that are interesting about Bella um, that we'll discuss uh, here very shortly. So I-, I I would definitely agree with that. So the first time Bella and Edward meet in the film, uh, this is better in the book because I didn't have to see it uh, as I did in the movie. The first time they meet is apart from seeing each other across the cafeteria, but the first time they're near each other is when he, she's, uh, they're in biology class or science class or whatever together, and they have to share a desk. And Bella walks into the room, and in the in the movie, they make the choice of there being a fan on behind her that wafts her stank right <laughs> over to Edward, and the face that that Robert Pattinson makes in reaction to smelling Bella that first time is so hilarious and silly that that scene is almost exactly what happens in the book and his yeah. reaction is, is probably written in a similar way, but you're imagining it and you're not seeing it. So it feels, which happens a lot in this it was a lot of my issues and um, most of my better in the books. A lot of them were things that just, I felt didn't translate well from page to book because of how ridiculous they are to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the, 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 first one that really stuck out to me because he reacts so violently and cartoonishly, to her scent, and 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 like, yeah.
1: I was almost tempted to put this under better in the movie, just because it's so dumb and so hilarious that it's funny. It is but funny, it but doesn't it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So so no, I couldn't put it in better in the movie. It I was does... just tempted to shit post. It doesn't <laughs> like... make sense,
0: and it's not. There's no nuance to it. I have a note later about uh, about. um Kristen Stewart in this film and about how I think she actually does a pretty good job. Robert Pattinson is a good actor in this particular scene. I don't know if it's the direction. I don't know if it's what it is, but his reaction does not sell any layers to it. It just looks like a cartoony, like it's look like you smelled the world's worst fart. Yeah. Like yeah. how a little kid like, would act in the, that. in
1: the book. It's described that he looks like really angry and disgusted at the same time. Yeah. Which sure sure yeah and you can imagine that like a lot of different ways and like
0: on edge and yeah. like yeah
1: and then in the movie that translates to him like putting his hand he, over He like his dry
0: nose. heaves he goes like <laughs> like he does like a like a gag and it's like oh, okay because that doesn't really make sense it's not that he's
1: no he's disgusted not, yeah. it's he's, that he, he he's so en- he's so delicious yeah
0: he's so entranced that he like he, he's 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 trying to, like, fight every fiber of his being to not just immediately eat her. It's yeah. like the per- point. But his reaction in the movie is like literally like somebody let off a stink bomb or something. It's it's silly. I was It's dumb. It's bad.
1: <laughs> we get past that then. Um, and when he finally does talk to her, because he doesn't talk to her that first time. No. at all. No,
0: no, because he's just concentrating on not yeah. eating her.
1: But then the next time she sees him, he does talk to her. And the way he delivers his lines in that, and, and I don't know if it got a little bit better or maybe I just got used to it, but that initial line was like so oddly delivered. Oh, is that the, what and does like, he say? He says, uh, I don't even remember. His... He's still, you he think he just says hello to her. Yeah. And he like, says, like you, I'm Edward yeah, or he something. says like, I'm Edward and you must be Bella sorry, or something like that.
0: Sorry. I didn't. Or Sorry about the other day or something like that, yeah.
1: But it's delivered, like, he, like, half whispers, and it's, like, kind of mush-mouthed.
0: I really like Kristen Stewart's performance watching this this time, especially after reading the book. I think she does a really good job channeling uh, the kind of emotional, like, angst of her character um, and what she's going through, at least to me, uh, and some of the subtleties of her performances, but So it doesn't it didn't bother me too much overall, Um, but they don't have a bunch of they don't have particularly good chemistry together. I didn't think at least not early on in the movie, which maybe that's intentional. I don't know. That could be intentional, I guess, arguably. Um, One of the things we mentioned that uh, about uh, Bella's uh, character in the movie about how the movie decides to use the voiceover but we still it's not particularly interesting we don't find out much interesting many interesting things about Bella one of the things they don't mention which is a little line in the book that I thought was interesting is we learn a lot about like what she likes to read and like the kind of thing that she's really into reading and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um and she and she's a very smart person which we get a little bit of in the movie but um she's very intelligent and one of the things she mentions in the book that is not in the movie is that she's writing a paper about whether or not Shakespeare's uh, female characters in, I think specifically Hamlet, maybe, are misogynistic, yeah, which is a very as like she's doing critical theory in junior year in high school, which I thought was an interesting, yeah, it gives us probably, an insight to the kind of person she is, mm-hmm. and the movie doesn't give any anything like that.
1: Yeah, I think that is a good example of the kind of thing that we lose with Bella's character yeah. from book to movie, like she's smart yeah we know like she she likes to read she assigns herself challenging essay topics she's good at school um
0: she the biology class where they're doing the onion thing uh mm -hmm. that's also in the book um and she 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 knows it all because she did it at her old school before she transferred so like she did a similar project or whatever but she remembers it all and is still good at, you know, like she yeah. so she clearly like was able to like retain all that information. So she's clearly, you know, intelligent in and, and kind of gets in and like science and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, though, that that side of her character is completely vo- devoid, completely missing from the film, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, disappointing. And we'll talk more about
1: <laughs> while we're still on the subject of Bella. Look, like the book is long. It's not always the most fun to be in her point of view. But I think one of my bigger complaints about the first part of the movie, where we're kind of jumping from like interaction with Edward to interaction with Edward. Yeah. Without her inner monologue, it felt so disjointed to me. Yeah. Like we were just kind of bouncing from incident to incident without really getting her thoughts... Yeah. On the whole thing.
0: Yeah. They, which
1: is kind of like the thread that connects all that stuff in the book.
0: And it is interesting that they would decide to do an, a voiceover and then and then use it so sparingly. Because yeah. there's not a ton of it in the movie. Like it's not as prevalent as I would have thought going into mm-hmm. it. Especially considering how much time we spend in Bella's head in the book. It seems like it would be very important. And I think it is one of the the failings of the film. Is that they didn't use the voiceover more, which is rare for a film that that's like a bad thing that they didn't use the voiceover more. But I think in this instance, it would have helped.
1: Well, I mean, there's poor use of voiceover, but I think we really, we really needed yeah. that here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think they could have done something like. um, not that I think it would have been a good idea to do it, like, diary style, but we watched My Mad Fat Diary Oh yeah, not too long ago, which I think was a good example of how to yeah. use voiceover. It's quite a bit of voiceover. Yeah. Um, and we got a lot of, like, the main characters, like, mm-hmm. inner thoughts and her anxieties um, and what she imagined people were thinking about yeah, her, yeah. and I think that this movie could have really benefited from yeah, something like that. For sure. Like, from that kind of treatment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good example of a way that you could that this film could have used a voiceover that would have made it way more effective, especially for what you think the target audience and goals of the movie are. Yeah, based on what the book is, and and we have a, we're both going to talk about this in our final verdict, so we don't want to spoil it too much. But you know, the target audience, obviously, in general is, and when you mentioned it in the prequel, uh, young girls, younger Mm -hmm. girls uh, from you know, preteen to young adult you know I mean, whatever when
1: this book when twilight came out i was 15
0: yeah you were right in the I was, smack i was in the right middle.
1: right in the hot zone yeah uh, but anywhere the target from audience anywhere
0: probably from 11 or 12 in that range yeah up to you know 20 like 20 25 even you know mm-hmm. and beyond obviously anybody could read it but that was like the primary target audience um and that was probably i would imagine who it was most successful with and most oh, popular yeah. with obviously So it is strange that they wouldn't lean more into their protagonist, who is a 17-year-old girl's perspective, in the movie. It's a a weird choice. Yeah,
1: it's a super weird choice. So we move on a little bit from um, that first and second interaction with Edward, um, and she's starting to suspect that something is up with him. Yeah, She's trying to figure out what... And at one point, she meets up with another character, Jacob.
0: Yeah, this is when they're at the
1: beach. This is when they're at the beach, and he tells her a spooky story. Yeah, um,
0: about his his, uh, his tribe, the Qu- uh Qu- 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 Yet Qu- uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Quilite. Quilite. Okay. That's okay.
1: how it sounded. Okay, so in the, the video that I watched.
0: He tells a story uh, from the Qu- his tribe, the Quileet tribe. And uh, about, yeah, the his ancestors have this tale about the, the that his ancestors uh, were, were like wolf people.
1: They're like descended from wolves. And yeah. there's this story that a long time ago they made a bargain with this group of the cold ones. Yeah. Um, that they... The, and these, they wouldn't kill each. They other wouldn't kill each other. Um, if they stayed off their land. if they stayed off of their tribal land, and supposedly these particular cold ones were different, and they didn't harm humans. Yeah.
0: Um, any 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 references that his grandfather thinks that that group was the Cullens, yeah. like that's like a thing. he- Yeah, did.
1: that's kind of like the punchline to the yeah. story is like, ooh, but the 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 thing is, they're the same ones. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and those are the Colons, and so she's like, oh, okay. But he's like, ah, it's just a silly story. Like, yeah, whatever. he
1: just thinks it's a story, but there are some older members, including his father, who buy into his it. Is it his grandfather, or is it his father? No, it's his father. Okay. I was disappointed in the movie's rendering of that story. Like...
0: I agree. I I, I thought
1: they could have done more with it.
0: I originally had this in the movie, nail it, and I uh, thinking back on it after I saw you had it in better in the book. I think you're right. I I do think it's more mysterious and intriguing. In
1: yeah, like the way the movie tells it, I thought was like you said more mysterious. No,
0: the way the book tells it. Yeah,
1: the way the book tells it. Sorry, it was more mysterious, more intriguing. The book or the movie? Gosh dang, it's so hard. The movie um, cuts out some detail. And they do like a kind of brief like flashback yeah. type scene, but it's not very interesting. No,
0: They really could have done something really cool with it. And now we this is one thing, other thing to mention that we realized as we were watching this. And I think one of the reasons this movie kind of falls short in a lot of ways is the budget was relatively small. Yeah. The budget for this film was $36 million, which is in 2007 when they filmed this is almost nothing. Like, that's not nothing, obviously. But by comparison, in 2001, the first Harry Potter movie, the budget was $125 million. Yeah. And that's eight years before that they filmed it. So, like, clearly, there's a disparity in what they're able to accomplish. And I think that's maybe something where they would... Because what I'm imagining is something that would be really cool, Mm -hmm. is like the... Take something similar to the Elder Wand story in um yes, in, in, yes. in uh, uh uh the seven uh, what is it? deathly hollows mm-hmm. about the brothers the three brothers story from mm-hmm. Harry Potter and animate it but but don't do it similar do a a native american tribal art so find yeah. do some research find some cool some cool art representative hire, of hire
1: some native yes. artists yeah
0: from <laughs> specifically from the quileute tribe that would be, yeah. and and have them do you know come up with some cool ideas to portray this story in a way that feels both like uh respectful and interesting to, to the the native people in the region but also is visually really interesting i think mm-hmm. that could have been a really cool way to do it and again i think maybe oh maybe that's a great idea they had but when yeah. your budget it started yeah. as, as, no, as that, I, it I, is no i
1: think that would have been dope and i like i understand too one of the challenge one of the challenges that the movie faced here was not actually wanting to like show them and reveal that, like, it is actually the You Cullens. do see
0: them, though, and it's very clearly... You see Robert Pattinson
1: i mean yeah but also like
0: from far away and like, like kind i got of in what shadow. they were trying to
1: do right
0: yeah i guess but see if you do the animation you don't have to exactly. show them at all like yeah. it, it's just like problem
1: solved problem
0: solved you can just have like vague allusions to that being them that it becomes because you could even be more subtle like in an animation you could be way more subtle and have little cues mm-hmm. little hints with certain hair and styles yeah. and stuff you know and you
1: could do it like super creepy yeah and really like send some shivers up the audience's yeah. spine it would be so cool would have been really cool and again
0: i I, there's no way that that i mean maybe they didn't have that idea but i would be more inclined to think that it's something like we didn't have the budget to do Mm -hmm. as much as we wanted with a scene like that so we just have to have him tell a story and shoot three flashback shots of them standing mysteriously in foggy woods like that's real easy to do uh uh, hiring a bunch (laughs) of people to animate this really cool in-depth uh flashback story is not nearly as uh, affordable so rip yeah So one of the things that's in the movie a lot, and it has been memed on a lot, uh, and I don't want to say rightfully so, but to some extent rightfully so, is the depiction of vampires running around uh, quickly, Mm -hmm. speedily. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's that's an element from the book. They do move very quickly. They are very strong. They have superhuman attributes you know they can run really fast they can jump really high they can
1: yeah they basically have superpowers they're superpowers
0: yeah they have like superman superpowers except they can't fly yeah um at least as far as i know they have early
1: superman superpowers yeah, yeah they have he the can original only, superman He can only leap <laughs> s- yeah, he can tall buildings leap and,
0: and and break stuff and <laughs> and uh, run real fast so they had to depict that in some way in the film because it's a pivot, it's like a huge part of what they are obviously uh and again i think they're limited to some extent by budget here they did a lot of stuff practically it's a lot of wire work and interesting ways to like depict them running around quickly. Uh, they're do, you know, sometimes they speed up the shot so that they move real fast. Sometimes they're on wires running while they're running through the woods. And that's the one I'm speaking of is the first time we see it happen is I think it's Edward or somebody is running through the woods and it's a wide shot. And they're so clearly on wires, yeah, being pulled through the woods, running, and it look—they're not touching the ground in a way that looks because the way it's depicted in in the or the way it's explained in the in the book, what I envisioned was less like running real fast and more like leaping, mm-hmm. like from tree to tree and like like just like almost like hyper Tarzan, almost like where they're like leaping through trees and like and then like they like land up like kind of like Spider Man without like the ropes. Yeah, is like how mm-hmm. I imagined them moving slightly. And so they're really quick, but it's more of like, yeah, like a leaping thing versus like a I'm the Flash, which is kind (laughs) of what they go with in the in the movie. And it just looks bad. It
1: looks really bad. It hasn't
0: aged well, but it also didn't look. I mean, people were making fun of it immediately anyways. I don't think it looked particularly great at the time, but they didn't have the budget to fully CG this stuff. Not even close. Again, thirty seven million. The budget for like to fully CG that much of like the action scenes had to been well over one hundred million dollars. Uh, to make it look not terrible, which we'll see. I know in later movies they got bigger budgets yeah. and maybe things change. But I applaud them going for practical effects. It just looks silly, though, is my point. And it was my long way of getting to a, a simple point is that it just looks cheesy and not particularly good. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it looks okay. Other times it looks really bad. This is a scene that was missing from the movie that I thought was really compelling and there, it was really good in the book. And one of the only times we we get like a real concrete, okay, I can see why Bella likes Edward moment other than like he's mysterious and handsome. Yeah. And like a jerk. Because that's 90% of, and that's what we get in the movie primarily, is the reason she's attracted to him is he's like a handsome jerk who's mysterious yeah. It's, like, every bad trope of, like, the kind of guy that gets the girl is, like, oh, he's so brooding. Yeah, hey,
1: he's the mysterious brooding bad boy. Yeah.
0: Which, yeah. But in the book, there's this really sweet thing, was when, after they finally start talking, he spins... Like, she wants to know about him because she's, like, something's off about you. This is after he saves her, I think. I'm pretty sure this... Yeah, this is after he saves her. And she, like, realizes there's something weird about him. Uh, he spends, like, two whole days just... Asking her everything, everything about herself. Yeah,
1: he wants to know everything about her. Yeah,
0: like what's your favorite books? Your favorite, like every, like and and like at least that's what it's portrayed in the book is that like everything she likes. He long he asks about all of her family, about all of her friends, her relationships. He wants to know everything about her, and it's a little potentially overbearing and weird, but it's at least something. That's a that's a reasonable grounds for a relationship is knowing things about each other and mm-hmm. liking those things about each other. And
1: feeling like the other person genuinely wants to know those things about yeah. you. Yeah. So, and values yeah, you Yeah. like from so from that perspective, you can understand like why she starts to fall for him. Yeah. Like beyond that just initial attraction yeah. and intrigue, because he's very clearly invested yeah. in knowing her. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that, that, that idea that he sits and, and listens to her every word and he and she can tell that he's really like listening and isn't just like humoring her. And and yeah, it's it's something concrete for their relationship to kind of be based on that so that moving forward it, it feels a little less like magic fairy tale yeah. love at first sight, and a little more like an actual relationship. And the movie doesn't really have that. We get a slight allusion to it in the movie. There's a montage of, uh it's after they don't have sex in the movie <laughs> and then he stays the night and there's like a quick montage of them like staying up all night talking yeah and so you can kind of get a little bit maybe implied that they there that you know like that's a similar idea um like oh it's not just physical look oh they're sitting and talking all night how cute like I get it but it doesn't feel quite the same as it does in the book because again we don't get to see like what they're talking about mm-hmm. and we have no idea. Um, and we also, it doesn't feel as deliberate on Edward's part. It's just not right. quite as well accomplished well, as well. I mean,
1: montages are good, I think, for showing us a lot of action that we already understand. Yeah. But I think with that type of conversation, you need to see slash hear at least a little bit of it yeah. to get sent in the right direction.
0: Yeah, you could do it in montage style, but we need interspersed. Yeah. sound bites of her saying of him asking something and her saying something um, and you could even do it in cute ways. It could be a very quick moment, a very quick scene where it could be and you know she she asks him a, a question and then he goes okay now it's my turn to ask you a question. He ask her a question and and she answers it. And then we cut to a montage and it's them talking. So we know that this is what the same that we've established. He's asking her questions. And then, you know, uh, 30 seconds later, like she's t- getting a drink at the drinking fountain and he pops up from around the corner. And is like, what's your favorite drink? Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I mean, not that silly, but like, yeah. And then, and then we keep going and then, and, and it could be a little more playful and fun. To give this lighthearted aspect and dynamic to the relationship that is, again, more compelling and more grounded in a, in a thing that's real other than handsome bad boy. Touch me nice. I don't like <laughs> it, it's just that's all we get in the movie. And it's yeah. And it's I will say the book does get tedious with it.
1: Oh, definitely. They're,
0: like I, I made the joke in the in the in the let me sum up that the first 80 percent of the book is just the two of them hanging out.
1: Well, yeah, I mean it's primarily a story about how their relationship right. develops. Which, I mean, that's
0: yeah. the thing. Which makes sense because you're setting up later books and, and it's about their relationship and that's the point and I get it, and you need that. I think the I think there was a happy medium to be found between what the book does and what the movie does. The movie yeah. doesn't have enough, the book has a little too much.
1: We we <laughs> never found the, the We did not find ground. the happy
0: medium. <laughs> so after she finally figures out he's a vampire. The scene in the movie is interesting. They changed the delivery uh, that I kind of like. um, But his reveal of him being sparkly, uh, it's obviously in the movie and in the book. In the movie, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. It felt like it didn't have the impact they were going for. So in the book, what happens is after he it's after he reveals that he's a vampire, she's like, you're a vampire. And he's like, yeah i don't know if she actually ever says the word vampire they change that in the movie they
1: dance around it for a while they dance around it
0: in the movie i did like the change where he's like say it and she's like vampire i felt like that was almost like an interesting weird consent moment almost Mm -hmm. like having her say like like... acknowledge it openly yeah like that's fair you know what i mean it's like Mm -hmm. because if they leave it unsaid and dance around it like it feels weird and like she's not maybe acknowledging it to herself. Whereas if he's like, say it, say what I am. Yeah. Which is like a vampire that felt, a li- I liked that dynamic of the movie scene. And it's not, it doesn't play out quite the same in the book, but then he reveals like what happens in the light, which is the thing they've been talking about. She's like, do you burst into flames? If you go in the sunlight and he's like, no, I'll show you. And in the book, they just go into a meadow and he gets all sparkly. And she's like, reveres it as she describes it in the book as like the most magical, like beautiful person mm-hmm. she's ever seen. And he's gorgeous. And, Sparkling, and he's like radiant, and he's in like a great mood. And they're like, they share this beautiful, like, endless, timeless, nebulous experience in yeah. this meadow together for hours. In the movie, he reveals that he's a vampire, and then he's like, This is during his like angsty, like, uh, I'm a vampire. a vampire. We can't vampire. be together. I'm Ugh. a
1: monster. I'm a monster.
0: And he goes, Look at me. And he like walks, he doesn't say look at me, but basically, he might as well. And then he walks into the sunlight, and he's like, All sparkly and he's like look at the monster i am and but it th- there's this weird dissonance <laughs>
1: he's just sparkling. between
0: what we're seeing and like <laughs> what he's saying and portraying
1: it's almost like cuz i had notes about this too cuz to me it was like the movie's idea is that he wants to show her what he looks like in the sunlight to scare her except it's not scary no it's not scary cuz he's just sparkling. He's sparkly like the way that the movie handled that was weird and i feel like they did not at all understand what was happening during that scene in the book
0: no i agree
1: and i I was like maybe maybe it's weird because the movie kind of shuffled it around it kind
0: of slams all those scenes together like the her realizing he's a vampire and saying it out loud the the sunlight reveal and him like uh, talking about how he's a monster—that all kind of gets crammed into yeah. one scene. Whereas in the book, it's kind of right. spread out. In
1: the book, like after she reveals that, I mean, she, they do kind of dance around it. Yeah, but like she knows but they, what he it's is. Clear. That... And then the this trip to the meadow where he reveals his sparkliness is like a date. Um, yeah, it's a planned date yeah. that's like several days removed from, from, her, figuring from her figuring it out. Yeah, and it just plays like really weird in the movie i'm like i don't know what you expect me to get out of this movie
0: i think the thing they thought was that this moment being they felt like this is a big like visual reveal it needs to be tied to the big reveal of him being a vampire like that i think that's what they thought in the script like is like it doesn't make sense to them to have this especially when you're truncating it makes sense to put this at the same time where everything's revealed this is the this is the scene where we reveal things mm-hmm. and so this is where we find out he's a vampire specifically and where we find out he's sparkly and it's this big thing dramatic moment but again the dissonance of how he looks and what it is yeah. doesn't make any sense with the the emotions that they're portraying in that scene
1: like i yeah like in that moment in the movie like i wanted her to be like Okay. Yeah. I'm a monster.
0: You, you mean? What? You just like really glittery. You look, he's kind of shiny. You
1: just kind of look like you rolled around in some <laughs> glitter. Right? Yeah.
0: It's, it's a weird, that scene does not work. Uh, that particular moment, I think some of the other parts of that, like I said, the part before that I thought works pretty well. And some of the parts after that, they're a little angsty and like music video. where he's just running around in the woods, like, uh, uh, and she's like following him around and he's just like <laughs> venting his angst about being a vampire. It's, there's like, most of those lines are all from the book and they're similar, but it just, it all being slammed together, it's like a, it's like a roller coaster of like what I'm supposed to be feeling and it doesn't quite work in the same way that the book does.
1: And I know we've already talked about the special effects, so I'm not going to like really harp on it, (laughs) Yes, but again, pretty rough. Like the sparkling was pretty rough looking. It, looks it wasn't okay, as bad as some as the other stuff, but also like, why was there a sound effect for it? That was dumb. Like, what?
0: That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, where's what's that sound effect? Why is there a sound effect? Because it doesn't literally doesn't make any but,
1: sense. But that offers maybe more of a reason for why they can't go out in the sun. Because theoretically, you could like maybe like cover up. You could put on a heavy layer of foundation. But if there's also a sound following you around. It's true. I mean, how do you hide that? You don't. You can't. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's just a rough.
1: It's a weird choice. It's a rough scene.
0: I want to talk more about sparkling in our odds and ends, because I have a specific thing that I thought would have been interesting about it, uh, and they didn't do it. At least I couldn't. I thought that's where she was going at first in the book, but then I don't think she went there. But we're going to put a pin in that. We're going to discuss it more in our odds and ends. Uh, so the book uh, doesn't have the line, you better hold on tight, spider monkey, so that's a plus for the book. Yeah. Big old.
1: We can chalk up some points for the book there. <laughs> Whose idea was that?
0: Maybe Robert Pattinson?
1: <laughs> Somehow I doubt it. Although maybe he was just trying to tank the whole thing. Maybe. I don't know.
0: He Maybe he knew what he was doing. He was like, ah, woof. All right. <laughs> I mean, I'm flying around on trees. This is silly. I don't know, but it's not a good line. It's a it's real silly line. It's a really
1: bad line.
0: I don't know if this is better in the book, but it's something I wanted to talk about because it's not in the movie, and it was a scene that made me laugh in the book, uh, is it's in the bedroom scene. I'm fairly certain. Edward explains to Bella that he could literally... <laughs> have we have we cursed you in this? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, we have. We have. He,
0: he explains that he could literally fuck her to death. Uh, a la like Spider Man and Lois Lane, or or Superman and Lois Lane. Uh, it's interesting their conversation. They're basically Bella asks him, uh, kind of in a roundabout way, uh, about marriage and if it's the same for vampires and humans. Uh, and he says, uh, most of the human desires are there, just hidden behind more powerful desires. Oh, was all I could say. That was Bella. Was there a purpose behind your curiosity? Well, I did wonder about you and me. Someday. He was instantly serious. I could tell by the sudden stillness of his body. I froze too, reacting automatically. I don't think that that would be possible for us because it would be too hard for you if I were that close. That's certainly a problem, but that's not what I was thinking of. It's just that you are so soft, so fragile. I would have to mind my actions every moment that we're together so that I don't hurt you. I could kill you quite easily, Bella, simply by accident. If I was too hasty, if for one second I wasn't paying enough attention, I could reach out, meaning to touch your face, and crush your skull by mistake. (laughs) You don't realize how incredibly breakable you are. I can never, never afford to lose any kind of control when I'm with you. That's a long roundabout way of him saying I could accidentally fuck you to death. (laughs) What a way to go, (laughs) What a way to go. What a way to go. Oh, uh, it's such a, yeah, I know there's one of those lines is in there about like, there's some allusion to like her being like him needing to be careful and that sort of thing. But I think it, it feels more in reference to him not losing control as Bella mm-hmm. referenced, but in the book, it's explicitly, he goes on to be like, no, well that, but also I've been crazy strong and I could just like thrust a little too <laughs> just, hard like, and b-
1: obliterate <laughs> your you with powder. My dick. <laughs> like, I don't
0: powder. Yeah. It's a it's a weird scene <laughs> that the movie did not include. Which oh, uh, God. I thought was funny.
1: <laughs> Here's a random thing about Bella that we lose in the movie. She can cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she cooks frequently cooks, in, cooks the book. in the book. And I, I realize it's in an awkward place in my notes because I realized it after like the third time that they go to the diner. Her and her dad. Yeah, I was like, she's oh, she's not cooking. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess we lose that too. Yeah. Doesn't know how to cook. Cool. Yeah.
0: yeah she cooks dinner constantly. Yeah. Um, and like, is actually a good cook is like a whole, whole thing in her uh, in the book. Uh, when Charlie and Edward meet up in the book, when they meet for the first time in the book, uh, they don't do the dumb dad with a shotgun thing that the movie does. Yeah. The movie doesn't lean into it as hard as I was worried they were going to at first. But when Edward shows up his her dad is in his living room cleaning his hunting shotgun and he's like all right let me meet edward and he like whoosh, whips it shut yeah but he does set it down and just goes and talks to edward like a normal human being <laughs> because i was really worried for a second he was going to carry it out there and do the just the world's worst trope about like conservative dad with a shotgun meme terrible trope uh and the movie Dances the, around the
1: movie it, nods to it. Yeah. They don't really see it through, but, but there's there's least. a definite nod there. Yeah. So eventually we get to the point where uh, evil vampire James has decided that he's going to hunt down Bella.
0: Because he is a hunter.
1: He's a hunter. <laughs> Tracker. Tracker. Yeah. Um. And now that he knows the Cullens are all bent on protecting her, he just can't resist. Can't resist. And I hated this in the movie.
0: We both had this note.
1: The movie... Just completely skips over the fact that the really good plan for escaping him and making sure her dad is safe and it works is all Bella's idea. Yeah. Every single bit of it.
0: Yeah. Like she's she's driving away, and Edward. It's one of the only times she gets a ton of aid. Not I want to say the only time she gets a ton of agency in the book, but it is in this moment of, of with the utmost stakes. We get to see her be again, once again, be a competent, capable person. Yeah, she comes up with this plan. They're driving away, and Edward's like, "We got to get out of here." And she's like, "Stop, my dad!" And he's like, "No, he's ignoring her." Uh, but they're in the car with um, with Al- Alice, Alice and, and maybe him, Emmett, and Emmett or somebody. Is there, yeah, and and um. And she's like, no, they'll get my dad. And she goes and she goes through this whole process. The whole plan, it's a similar plan in the movie, they roughly. They do,
1: like, almost the same almost thing. Almost the same
0: thing. But, but in the movie, it's the Cullens that come up with yeah.
1: it. Yeah.
0: It's Alice and Carlisle and Edward. Yeah. And just all of them kind of piecemeal it together. Where in the book, yeah, Bella comes up with the whole thing. And then the Cullens are like, no, that's a good idea. Like, Alice is like, that's a good idea. And then Emmett's like, you got to listen to her, Edward. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. And then, like, so it's her in the movie she's just like on his arm like what do i do uh, save me it's bad. bad it's yeah it's pretty bad it's real bad i don't know if you noticed this but i thought it was great uh alice a true queen uh asks bella for consent before picking her up yeah and there's a reference in the book i felt like it felt a little self-aware but not maybe self-aware it enough. was
1: like hedging on self-aware Called hedging
0: on self-aware Um, we're in the, in the, constantly throughout the book, Edward just snatches up Bella and drags her around, like literally like picks her up and throws him over her shoulder, his shoulder, and just like carries her around. Yeah. Sometimes to her protesting, uh, they're getting ready to leave, uh, to go run somewhere. Uh, and, and this is the moment I heard nothing, but then Alice stepped through through the front door and came toward me with her arms held out. May I? She asked. You're the first one to ask permission. I smiled wryly. She lifted me in her slender arms as easily as Emmett had, uh, shielding me protectively, and then we flew out the door. So yeah, be like Alice.
1: Be an Alice, everyone. Be an Alice,
0: everyone. Um, but yeah, she she asked her permission. I was like, fucking, of course. Yeah. It's like, border- again, just bordering on a little bit of recognition it there. was almost there. Meyer. It was almost She was almost there. Just one more line of Alice being like, yeah, I need to talk to them about that. Like, or something. <laughs> Like, I've been meaning to talk to them about that. Or, you know, just like.
1: Or, like, yeah, Edward can be kind of a dick.
0: Yeah. Or something to just acknowledge it, but like, you acknowledge it, but don't like comment on it in any way. (laughs) It's like, all right.
1: So there's a part um, when she's hiding out with Alice and Jasper in the, in, in the hotel in Phoenix. And Alice, I don't think we've talked about this yet. It's Claire um, Wind. Yes, her special power is that she can see like visions of the future. If
0: you don't know a lot about this series, each of the vampires, well, seemingly all of them. Only some of them have like, most special of them. powers. Almost all of the Cullens. Uh, no, no, only
1: only Edward and Alice.
0: No, she goes through a whole list of like Emmett can... Uh, Emmett, no, Jasper like radiates oh, yeah. like Jasper calmness like to yeah. people. He can but the like other control ones moods.
1: Don't. I thought Emmett had a similar He's like really strong. I, but... thought
0: he, I thought like most of them, she goes through and he went through and lists like a some kind of vague Alice and Edward have the most like Yeah specific, like Edward can read minds, Alice can see the future. Yeah. But other ones have some vague forms of different abilities. Uh and they talk about how that happens and we'll maybe get to it. I don't remember. I think I have a note about it later. But Alice can see the future. Yeah. That's the point. So
1: she has visions of the future, and there's one point where she sees something based on a decision that James has made. She sees like a room, and she's sketching it out, and Bella's watching her. Um, and then all of a sudden, Bella's like, the phone goes there, yeah. or the lamp, or something. I don't yeah, remember something. exactly. Some what object she says. goes, and there. it turns out that it's her mom's house. Yeah. And I thought that could have made for a really cool, like, dramatic moment oh, it makes, yeah. in the movie. But we totally blow over that. No.
0: Yeah, I, I, I didn't think about that. I remember that scene from the book. And then when I saw your note about it, I was like, oh, yeah, that would be a really good moment. Yeah. It, yeah, because that moment, it, it is like that, like, they're all, like, leaning in watching, like, looking, trying to figure out what she's drawing. And Bella goes, no, the lamp goes there and, like, points. And they're like, and they all look at her.
1: And like, oh, shit. What?
0: He's like, That's my mom's living room. Yeah. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> but no.
1: Um, because we don't actually go to her mom's house. That's true. Yeah. They we, they skip out on they that. They skip on
0: that a little bit, but um, it, it works. Which we
1: don't actually go to her mom's house in the book. Either. Yeah, she does.
0: Bella, Bella goes to her mom's house and then sees she goes into her mom's house to answer to get to the phone. Sees a phone number written on. This is what happened. James tells her go to your mom's house by yourself. You'll in there you go to the phone and answer the phone and she goes inside and she gets a key out from under the doormat or something goes inside answers the phone and james is there and says okay uh go to that old ballet studio it doesn't really make sense it's an extra step that's unnecessary yeah. but that is absolutely what happens maybe in the
1: that's book. why i don't remember it it's an extra <laughs> step that doesn't really make a lot of sense because
0: he also just talks to her on the phone
1: yeah, because he talks to her on the phone while she's at the hotel, too. But he has
0: her go home first, and then... Oh,
1: I guess that all just, like, melded and together And then she picks up me. the phone
0: and calls a number that's on a whiteboard in the room, and then then he tells her to go to the ballet studio. Again, it doesn't make a lot of sense unless there's some right. sort of weird thing about, like, he's trying to, like, not have them track her or something. I don't know.
1: Another thing that the movie skips out on that's interesting about Bella... Is that once she decides she's going to sacrifice herself to try to save her mother from James, she's clever enough to shake Alice and Jasper in the airport. Yeah. She like she knows that there's like a multi level bathroom in yeah, there with multiple exits. Yeah, and purposefully goes off with just Jasper so that he doesn't go into the bathroom with her. Yeah. And then like goes down and out and yeah. jumps right in a cab. Yeah.
0: In the movie, she just looks she just at him like, and walks leaves. away. When yeah. they're checking out of the hotel, she just, like, leaves early. <laughs> it's yeah. like, bye. Yeah, it, it's, again, I I don't I don't mind some of the streamlining that the movie does at the end, because I think it just kind of helps clean things up a little.
1: No, um, I agree. But again,
0: this is one of those moments that is streamlined at the, at the, expense, the expense of, of her the, characterization. Yeah, which is yeah. a thing that happens numerous times throughout yeah. the course of the movie.
1: So when she finally does meet up with James, um, it turns out he never had her mother at all. And he was using a... A
0: big ruse. He was using a VCR. Big ol' ruse. He was Uh, using
1: a home video.
0: From like Christmas or something. Yeah,
1: from when Bella was a kid.
0: And it's her mom like,
1: Bella, where are you, Bella?
0: And yeah, that was what he played on the phone.
1: And one of the things... And we can can talk about this here. We can talk about it later. The way that his face is described as changing when he's like about to kill her in the book where it talks about how like his smile just got like wider and wider until it was like all glistening teeth. I thought was really creepy and compelling. And the movie probably due to budgetary reasons doesn't do anything like that, which is disappointing because I think with the right deft hand, it could have been really scary. It would have to be
0: subtly done and done in just right. But that's something that would take a lot of time mm-hmm. in, 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 in post to, to get just right. Um, so, yeah, I yeah. don't get it. Uh, one of the things that I did not love in the movie uh, that I thought was better in the book is that they, because of the nature of books, <laughs> is that <laughs> when uh, Bella is dying and Edward shows up, she has been bitten at this point by James. Uh, he's bit her hand. And so she's turning. She's got the venom in her and she's going to turn into a vampire. And she's also bleeding out and stuff. But uh, Edward shows up and carlisle's like you gotta suck the venom out uh like a which doesn't work
1: <laughs> like a snake bite. i mean
0: like a snake bite which is not a thing you should do um <laughs> uh, but
1: <laughs> but apparently it's fine for, for this. maybe it works
0: with the whatever uh sure maybe it works it's magic who cares fine but uh he so he's doing it and as he's doing it in the movie we cut to like this weird music video montage flashbacky like There's, like, singing. It's, like, not only is it music, like, montage, it's, like, it's, like, a pop song. Like, it's, like, it's, like, lyrics. It's weird. It it doesn't do a lot for me. Uh, I was, it felt a little cheesy and very, like, very much dated uh, the film in, like, the Mm mid-2000s in a way that wasn't ideal. Uh, And so, yeah, I I just didn't, the book, the book just, he sucks the, the venom out and then she passes out and we don't know what happened. The weird montage. Music was video weird. was yeah. not good. And then finally, my last note is that we get everything's, well, she lived. It's, all oh, we're all fine. Let's go to prom. They all go to prom. And uh, it's similar in the movie and the book. But one of the things in particular is that Jacob shows up uh, in both the movie and the book. In the movie, though, he shows up while Edward is off doing something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, he,
1: he, he emerges from the forest. He emerges
0: from the forest. Oof. Um Because obviously, <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know whose decision that was <laughs> to just have him. I guess uh, I think you're probably right. You have a note later about it being yeah. like an allusion to the fact that he's like a wolf. But is he yet? I don't no, think. He's not. So it doesn't make any sense because it does feel like a little bit like the filmmakers are like, ah, he's, uh, he's one of the natives. He comes out of the woods. Ah, what, who cares? They come out of the <laughs> woods, right? That's where they live, the woods. He comes out of the woods. Uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just my idea of what some dumb producer said. I, <laughs> <laughs> who knows but uh, so he walks out of the woods um and he's talking to her and then edward shows back up and is like hey let's go Ugh, and shuffles her off yeah basically jacob's just there to warn her again about edward from his his dad is like mm-hmm. tell her to break up with edward and be careful but the big difference in the movie in the book is that in the book the same scene happens but they're already in the prom and her and edward are dancing and then Jacob walks up, and says, "Can I cut in?" And Edward goes, "Yeah," and leaves. Yeah, and that that little distinction between that moment and from what happens in the movie, where he just is not there, and then when he gets back, he's like, Ugh, "Like get out!" Let's. He's like, "Oh, we're done here. Get out!" Like he like in like instantly shuffles her off. It goes such a long way in making him feel a little less like a fucking, like, super, like, protective, possessive mm-hmm. asshole. Yeah. That, yeah. like, he can, he's okay with his girlfriend dancing with another dude for 30 seconds. It's just such a, it's, again, it's a little thing, but
1: I... It's a little thing, but it goes, yeah, a long way to making him a little bit more palatable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny, because in general, I think he's slightly less obnoxious in the movie. Yeah, like his character, the way he comes off is less obnoxious in the movie. So it is weird that that particular scene, which is one of the only main redeeming moments, that and the the whole asking questions thing, are like the two big like moments that make you even kind of like Edward, at least for me, mm-hmm. in the book. Uh, and so I thought it was weird to not include that in the film. It was dumb, bad. All right, that was it for better in the book. Let's go ahead and talk about what was better in the movie. My life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies. Uh, the movie doesn't start with Genesis 2.17, <laughs> which is not my favorite Bible verse. Uh, I don't have a ton of favorites, but that's a that's the that's the whole uh, The Temptation um, of Eve mm-hmm. bit uh, about the uh, eating from the tree of good and evil, knowledge of good and evil, and all that sort of stuff. I'm not going to get into a lot of it here, but I just... I'm, not a big fan of the Genesis story in general. And particularly that narrative of the idea of the knowledge of good and evil being something you should avoid. And thus Bible scholars come at me, but I just, it's not a, it's not into it. Uh, and so starting your story, uh, with that doesn't do a lot for me, (laughs) but (laughs) anyways.
1: So the first voiceover lines in the movie are the same tease, at the ending that we get in the book, where Bella's like, Oh, I'd never given much thought to yeah. how I'd die, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the movie also starts out by teasing the idea of like the vampires and them hunting with like the deer and yeah. like it being chased through the woods by something, which I thought was. And we're was, not sure
0: what. Yeah. And we don't know what's uh, And I thought that was like an done.
1: interesting, compelling way yeah. to start I
0: out. I do not love the way that scene ends. I, I think it's a fine scene, but the way that the, the deer, like, leaps through the clearing and then, like, somebody, like, bear hugs it. Yeah. It just looks, again, budget, I think, issues. Yeah. It, it just looks kind of cheesy. It didn't look as dramatic as I think it should have. But, uh, I did. yeah, I think it's a good way to open the movie. I thought introducing Jacob early, early in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, when he comes and they deliver the truck that uh charlie bought for bella yeah from the blacks um they jacob and billy come and deliver it which makes perfect sense in the in the book it's just there
1: yeah it's just already there at the house and charlie's
0: like oh i bought it from billy black or whatever i think it made perfect sense uh and was a good idea to introduce particularly jacob but billy and jacob Mm -hmm. earlier in the narrative and kind of set them up and let us know who they are yeah
1: because in the book we don't interact with jacob until they meet up on the beach Right, we yeah. will never see him earlier than that. No,
0: that's the first time she meets yeah. him. There is like they might reference she. Well, she mentions right.
1: They knew each other when they were like kids, but haven't seen each other for a really long and time. And so when she
0: gets the truck, like we hear her inner monologue about how like, oh Billy and his son Jacob, we used to play. Like I think we're it's like we we get a mention of Jacob, but we don't like meet him
1: mm-hmm. basically. So when we're first introduced to the Collins, um, when In they the come, line, the they come into the cafeteria and uh, Jessica yeah played by anna kendrick anna Anna kendrick's in this movie yeah um has an iconic line um she's introducing them and she's like jasper the blonde one who always looks like he's in pain
0: yeah (laughs) yeah it's a good line uh and he does that actor does uh we mentioned it in the prequel but if you didn't listen to the prequel that guy was almost edward Cullen almost he was one of the last four
1: maybe he was too good at looking like he was in pain instead of looking like he was smelling something
0: (laughs) bad yeah uh so one of the things the movie does that's a a big improvement on the book is that we get a scene very early on of a guy working at a dam running from something uh and being hunted by something Mm -hmm. and then we see him being caught and killed by some people or something we can't really tell it's a mystery
1: yeah it's kind of filmed like from below and you can kind of like see upwards it, and like, it looks the, like people's legs yeah it or looks something, like people's but legs but it's hard, yeah. it's hard to tell what's really happening yeah. but we see him like get cornered and yeah. taken down Yeah.
0: and I think setting up that mystery and that intrigue and some sort of potential threat that we're expecting to come back early in the film is a good idea because the book doesn't do that yeah the book does the whole plot with the um James and and, uh, Laurent and uh, Victoria, Mm -hmm. they literally... There's one mention at one point, uh, uh, Edward mentions that Alice saw some people coming. Yeah. There's one mention of it, but that's it. Uh, And then they just show up in like the final 30 pages, 60 pages of the book or something. And then that whole thing plays out.
1: Yeah. Maybe the last 100 pages, whatever. It's like the last... The Quarter. There's
0: 500 pages, and it's like the last yeah. 100 pages. They show up at the baseball game, and then we get the ending. And it's similar yeah, to how there's, the movie. There's
1: no, nothing about them no, prior no to bolding. that. Yeah, and I think the movie gave a really good choice to kind of thread that yeah, idea of we, the threat throughout the movie. We
0: get like two scenes. We get that first one that's like completely mysterious, and then we get a second one where they kill a, a character we've met before, and we actually see them. Yeah. And so now we know that they're like people and then oh these are people these they're going to be a problem like these are these <laughs> are vampires who kill people um and so we know for sure like they they, they give us it's the rule of threes they give us those one yeah. two and then they show those up those three the
1: little breadcrumbs yeah and then they show up and wreck some hell at the very end of the movie
0: yeah uh the dumb little golden onion prize in the movie I thought was a fun little detail uh there's a mention it's the same scene in the book in the movie when they're into the biology class at one time where they do this this thing where they're looking at different phases of onion growth, yeah like cellular growth and growth, and they're like whoever can most quickly determine what which what you know like what slides or which phase of whatever it doesn't matter um gets like a prize mm-hmm. and it's uh he goes he gets the gold onion. And then uh, they're doing the thing, and then we don't see how it wraps up. But then the next scene, they're walking down the hall, and Bella's holding the onion, which I thought was a fun little like. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not like a direct, uh, more direct reference to the fact that they are that she is intelligent, but because it's they're kind of working together, and it's yeah, it's weird. But I thought it was a little detail that was like kind of interesting. let's it's I don't
1: know. it's. I think it's always interesting when a movie can like remember things like that, even just scene to scene and like move a little detail like that forward. And it's
0: also just, uh, it's one of those things that makes your movie feel more real. Yeah. Like just weird little details like that that don't mean any, doesn't add to the plot at all, doesn't mean anything, it never comes back in any way, but it does feel like a, a thing that would happen and it. It builds Mm -hmm. the world into a more realistic feeling place.
1: I mean, I would have loved to see it later, like, sitting on the floor in her bedroom or something. maybe. Who knows? Maybe it is. Maybe it is, and we just weren't looking for it. I'm not watching this movie again to look for the golden onion, but...
0: Because that would be a real funny thing if it was, uh, if they were doing garlic, uh... (laughs) And then that came back, and there's a moment at the end of the movie where, like, she gets cornered by James in her bedroom, and she's got that stupid garlic, golden garlic <laughs> thing, and she, like, picks it up, and it's actually garlic, and she, like, hits him with it, and he's like, ah! <laughs> Like, that would be funny.
1: Oh, my God. Stephanie Meyer, why didn't you make it garlic? That would have been so much funnier.
0: I Yeah, I assume because they're, garlic's not an issue for them, I don't think. No, no.
1: but that's like yeah, a common right, right, vampire right, lore. The
0: joke would have been funny.
1: Yeah, the joke would have been great. The Come on, Stephanie. Get with the jokes.
0: Uh, So the car accident in the book... I don't understand what was happening. I have it better in the movie because it's easy to tell what's happening and mm-hmm. it makes sense. I want to read a little bit of this because I I felt like it was very poorly yeah, written. Yeah, it's
1: very hard to follow. There's too much description of action. I think which is hard to do for the strongest of writers. Action is one of those things like less is more, and there's too much in yeah. the book. It's really hard to follow.
0: Here's what it, here's here's this little brief moment where she almost gets hit by the uh, the van. I saw several things simultaneously. Nothing was moving in slow motion the way it does in the movies. Instead, the adrenaline rush seemed to make my brain work much faster, and I was able to absorb in clear detail several things at once. Edward Cullen was standing four cars down from me, staring at me in horror. His face stood out from a sea of faces, all frozen in the same mask of shock. But of more immediate importance was the dark blue van that was skidding, tires locked and squealing against the brakes, spinning wildly across the ice of the parking lot. It was going to hit the back corner of my truck, and I was standing between them. I didn't even have time to close my eyes. Just before I heard the shattering crunch of the van folding around the truck bed, something hit me hard, but not from the direction I was expecting. My head cracked against the icy blacktop, and I felt something solid and cold pinning me to the ground. I was laying on the pavement behind the tan car I'd parked next to, but I didn't have a chance to notice anything else because the van was still coming. It had curled gratingly around the end of the truck and it's, and still spinning and sliding was about to collide with me again. A low oath made me aware that someone was with me and the voice was impossible not to recognize. Two long white hands shot out protectively in front of me and the van shuddered to a stop a foot from my face, the large hands fitting providentially into a deep dent in the side of the van's body. And then, And then it goes on. Uh, then his hands moved so fast they blurred. One was suddenly gripping the underbody of the van and something was dragging me, swinging my legs around like a ragdoll till they hit the tire of the tan car. A groaning metallic thud hurt my ears and the van settled, glass popping onto the asphalt exactly where a second ago my legs had been. And I'm not sure what all occurred there.
1: It's impossible to follow.
0: It's a little Um, rough.
1: Like, part of it is that we don't know, like where she's oriented in space the entire time
0: and then the tan car comes out of nowhere and i'm like well i don't remember this tan car i don't know where it is in relation she said it was next to her
1: car it's next to her so she's on the other side of it but then how is the van still coming towards her after it hits her truck after it hits her truck if there's a tan car there and then it's because it would just hit the car
0: yeah the van was still coming It had curled again around the end of the truck. And so it hit her truck and then kept coming. And then it stopped. But then maybe it tipped over?
1: I don't know. Because then
0: he moves her and she says... Somebody grabs the van and drags her, swinging her legs, which hit the tan car. And then a groaning metallic thud hurt my ears and the van settled exactly where her legs had been. So did it tip or did it... I, don't, I don't again, know. I had a really hard time contemplating like what was happening. Obviously, yeah. she almost gets hit by a van
1: right it's It's difficult to parse for something very simple. yeah, she almost gets hit by the it gets hit by the van. Edward stops it from happening, yeah, which is exactly what happens in the movie, and it's very easy to follow and still like very impactful, yeah, and
0: it makes perfect sense, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, it makes way more sense
1: um, there's a scene in the movie where uh Bella thinks she sees Edward in her room at night and like maybe she actually does but then like she kind of like jolts awake and she's like oh I dreamed that he was in my room um which I thought was an interesting way to like tease the he's watching he's her watching sleep, your sleep yeah thing um and this is kind of random but the scene made me think of it for some reason i thought the movie overall did a good job of handling the fact that no one is going into this without already knowing that the Collins right. are vampires. There's no element to mystery here because no, not really. the book got so big. Yeah, like I, I mean, maybe there were some people, but I imagine very few no. people were going into the movie. Yeah, it's a vampire yeah, book. Not already knowing that this was yeah. the vampire book.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, One of the things that the movie does uh, pretty well is it tones down how much of a smarmy, chuckling, patronizing dickhead Edward is throughout the course of the whole beginning of this book. Uh, But Bella still can't help fall for him. Again, the only thing that makes you like him in the book is those very brief moments where he spends a day or two finding everything out he can about her from her. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the time, I cannot express enough. Might as well mention it now. There's been memes about it. How much Edward laughs and (laughs) smirks and chuckles and is like every time he talks, it's it's some manner of smarmy, chuckly, laughy smirkiness every time. Yeah. It's infuriating. Like it's and I I think it's supposed to be endearing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I think it's supposed to be like the cool guy thing and i you know i get it i i definitely went through a phase in high school where i thought that was cool for sure so like i get it but man it's (laughs) obnoxious because it's every time he talks it's like uh edward answered uh, and the 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 edges of his mouth turned up slightly into a into a a, a roguish smile and he chuckled it's like
1: wow god
0: He's just, and he's condescending and patronizing. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he just. Oh, very. He can't deal with the fact that he's sup- like knows everything and is a million years old and is undead and like, she's not. He just is a. He's a jerk. Like the whole time, it's like this, is like negging works the book. Like <laughs> he doesn't like completely nagger, but kind of. Yeah. It's it's rough. I couldn't stand it. And the movie. So why it's better in the movie is that the movie tones that down quite a bit. He comes across more awkward and unsure of how to interact Yeah, in the movie, which is slightly more endearing. At least it's less obnoxious. Yeah. If not like more endearing. He's less obnoxious than how I read him in the book, which is entirely completely just the worst.
1: <laughs> I saw a tweet not too long ago that was like, Edward makes way more sense if you consider that his voice prefrontal cortex or something like that uh never developed past 17 yeah which honestly is a headcanon that i'm willing to like consider
0: i think that's (laughs) what they're going for and i think it's also a way to make it the whole age thing less problematic is that he is kind of still stuck in the same and i think that is i think true Like, like he never
1: he never got past that stage
0: yeah, I think there's some truth to that. And I think that's even not necessarily like has to be a headcanon thing. I think that's a little bit, it would have to, it's either what she's going for or she's just completely unaware of how awful of a character she wrote. It's one of the two. I, I don't know. I'm just saying, I think it it would make sense if that is somewhat what, what she's going for where he is kind of perpetually stuck a little bit. Yeah. Some aspect of him is perpetually 17 which you know is obnoxious to read when you're 30 but yeah i'm sure 15 i mean year old i you didn't mind it <laughs> when i was
1: 15 like yeah. and you know 15 years lots of experience couple significant others later <laughs> i'm like yeah this is not something that i would put up with no but right yeah at 15 i was yeah. like oh he's a hot guy yeah. cool
0: Oh, he's mysterious. He's mysterious. He's he's funny. You know, if you laugh a lot, people just assume you're funny, even if you're not. (laughs) I made a whole YouTube career off of it. Got him? (laughs) Got got me. Woo! (laughs) Oh, man. They made the ad. We talked about this in the prequel. The cover of Twilight, the book. Uh, We did a social media post for it, which you should follow us on social media if you haven't. But the cover of the book is two hands holding an apple uh, The hands are in black and white and very stark, mm-hmm. marbly white. Very
1: recognizable cover now.
0: Yes, uh, and they're holding a bright red apple um, and offering it forward. Uh, And now this is obviously probably most likely a reference, not an actual thing uh, necessarily. The cover is probably just more uh, like a vague reference to like the Genesis quote, the yeah. good and evil, the, uh, the apple in the Garden of Eden, blah, 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 those sort of things. But in the book, there was a moment where they're having lunch. And Edward hands Bella an apple. And as we were reading the book, I was like, <laughs> my head canon, Katie, is that the cover is when Edward hands her the apple.
1: He hands it to her, cupped in two hands like a weirdo. Yeah,
0: that was my hot take. And then we were watching the freaking movie, actually the trailer, because it's in the trailer, but then also the movie. And there's a moment in the cafeteria where she drops an apple and Edward kicks it and catches it and holds it out to her and his hands are holding that apple (laughs) exactly the same way the hands on the cover are holding the apple the movie made my head canon about edward being the hands on the cover with the apple actual canon that is what it is the movie doth say it and proclaim it thus it is true (laughs) just saying (laughs) I couldn't believe that when I saw it. Your I, head cannon became cannon. my
1: head cannon became canon. My head
0: cannon became canon. I like I'm sure I wasn't the first person to say that, but I was like, "Oh, he gives her an apple." I was like, "Oh, maybe it's him giving her the apple on the cover." <laughs> Even though it kind of looked like feminine hands, it's got to be him. And then the movie was like, it is him, and I was like, "Thank you." Movie. But
1: and now Edward also frequently she fairly frequently uses kind of feminine descriptors yeah. for him he definitely yeah. has a he, he's often described as like being elegant and having yeah. like long slim fingers Graceful and, and yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah no he's definitely i think she was going for very much sort of a i
1: think he's just described more frequently with masculine yes, coded sure. language but
0: for sure but uh i think there's definitely some intentional uh androgyny mm-hmm in sort of, he's so beautiful that it doesn't matter what gender he is. It's like, <laughs> I it would be my guess at kind of what like the idea is uh-huh. maybe not Stephanie Meyer writing that, but like you could see the idea, like, like angels sometimes in media mm-hmm. are like the idea isn't uh, whether or not their, their features are masculine or feminine. And, and I think I, I, I'm a gender abolitionist, so I'm all here for it. But <laughs> um dinner's a construct tear it down uh, unless it's important to you, then embrace it, but my point being that I think that yeah he they were going for a sort of he's just if you're that attractive, you're that beautiful like you're 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 you're
1: you transcend you transcend <laughs> the, gender the idea binary. of like
0: the gender binary and like masculine and feminine like traits like Mm -hmm. you move beyond that into this weird again it's why i think in in a lot of media like angels are portrayed sort of androgynous a lot and that sort of thing is that you're beyond this like like our our petty yeah like human (laughs) weird gender identities like yeah that's i I think that's what yeah i think that's the idea and i think it is it's interesting that's definitely not what stephanie meyer was going oh no in any way i'm just uh, yeah so the probably the biggest thing the movie does well in my opinion is the pacing it's written and paced like a film like a hollywood film relatively Mm -hmm. speaking um they're pretty faithful to the book but the first 300 pages of this book while i didn't hate it are a little tedious yeah and it drags and I get what she's going for. She's setting up their relationship, but it really needed some more things going on. I did now. Maybe if I'm 15 reading it, I don't care. But for me now, I needed more going on. And I think the movie does a better job of just moving things along.
1: Well, I think, um, I agree with you. I think the movie's pacing is much better. Yeah. I think the movie's occasionally disjointed, but I think that's because we're missing Bella's inner yeah. monologue yeah, and not because it. of the pacing. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the book's pacing is slow. Yeah. Now, I will say that as someone who read this at 15 and liked it a lot at 15, part of the draw, at least for me, was that... When you're younger, I think you have a a lot of people have like kind of this simultaneous experience of having a lot of emotions, but also not having experienced anything like this. And I think this kind of story ends up being a good outlet for that. Yeah. For being able to like place yourself into this very like heady story of a very intense relationship yep. that matches what you're feeling. But also, like, you're never going to experience anything right. like this. So oh. it's kind of an escapist fantasy. Yeah. yeah,
0: for sure. I think you're right. I think I think that makes sense. It's funny because I think a lot of times you could think that when you're that age, you could find something like this boring and that adults are, are, are better able to appreciate a, a more methodical, slowly paced thing. But I think there's truth to what you're saying in the sense of at that age, that Something like this, when you're like, escaping into it,
1: every detail is titillating. Yes, when you're at you're that age, you're living in it,
0: and so it it because you 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 identify with it so closely. You're you can sit and dwell in it, and I felt yes. similarly uh, to compare to my experience. I was probably around close to the right age when I was reading um, Order of the Phoenix, which is notoriously by considered by many like the most boring Harry Potter book mm-hmm. because it's the longest one. I think. Uh, maybe that no i think it it's, is the longest it's, one. i
1: think it is the longest one yeah but yeah we spend a lot of time and we spend a lot stewing. of time
0: stewing and and exploring harry's relationship with people and the differing dynamics and i remember really liking that book i read it a lot mm-hmm. i read all of them a lot when i was a kid but i remember really enjoying order of the phoenix and not finding all that stuff boring and i don't think i found it boring when we read them um mm-hmm. two years ago but i do think that you're right that 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 when you're in the age range that that the story is about, and you're dealing, and you're and you're identifying very heavily with what's going on, or at least wanting to identify very yeah. heavily with what's going on, yeah. that it can be a very compelling, even if nothing's happening.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure.
0: In a way that it might not be for somebody who's thirty, <laughs> and who's like, "I, right, I've, I've been and there, and done it, that. I don't need."
1: It also helps to not being experienced enough either in life or in media to key into some of the more problematic yeah, aspects. Yeah you're of not it. seeing
0: you're not seeing the pitfalls. You're not seeing yeah. the obvious warning signs. Yeah, you're, not you're seeing, seeing
1: the heady romance Yeah, and something that is so intense. Yeah. And that's how you feel. You feel yes. intense too. You're intense Everything all is all intense. The time. Yeah it's the
0: same reason everybody complains about Harry in, in Horde of the Phoenix when they're 30 and about how much of a whiny bitch he is, but when you're 15, you're like, yeah right that's what i'm saying you yell at them harry they don't fucking understand you <laughs> yeah yeah for sure
1: yeah because everybody's like that i've got you know what if you don't think that you were a whiny bitch at 15 i've got news for I've you got news for you you were a whiny bitch at 15
0: a whiny person let's not <laughs> use gendered insults here uh, I thought there was a little tiny detail that the movie did that I thought was really good, though, is that they give Bella a specific reason to go to the bookstore in Port Angeles. She ends up, uh, after Jacob tells her about the, the story of the Cullens and the cold ones and whatnot, um, she Googles, like, uh, Qu- 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 Quiet, um, Qu- Quilete. Quilete, uh Legends or something and finds a book mm-hmm. at a local bookstore, but it's in Port Angeles, and she, like, writes it down. And so in the book she just gets up there to Port Angeles with her friends and decides to go to a bookstore because she likes books. Yeah. Like, she's just like, oh, I'm going to go find a bookstore because she wants to find some books or whatever, which is fine. But I like that in the movie they give her, like...
1: Right, she's, she like, on a, a specific mission yeah. to get and this book. And the thing book. that makes
0: sense. Like, yeah. because she doesn't go immediately... Because in the book she kind of goes immediately from that story that he says to, like, Googling vampires. Right. Whereas in the movie she goes from the story he tells to doing more research about their culture and yeah. like maybe what what this story is like seems like a more direct one-to-one and then eventually that gets her to vampires yeah. which i thought made more although
1: sense. i will say when she goes to the bookstore in the book she like looks it up beforehand so she has the address and then she gets there and it ends up being like a metaphysical shop oh yeah and then she, and she's like yeah maybe not yeah. which kind of would have been funny in the movie yeah. to like see her arrive and then be like Ugh. yeah it's like
0: a it's like a they sell like crystals and like tarot yeah. cards and stuff like it's that kind of bookstore and she's like i'm good <laughs> <laughs> But so one of the things she does when she does doing research is that we get a sweet another sweet montage, kind of like a mini montage.
1: I really liked this I part. too. Yeah, like the where she's researching the vampires online and yeah. it's like set to music and we get some like really creepy visuals. I thought it was a whole vibe.
0: Yeah, it is. It really is. It felt very early 90s. Or like late '90s, early aughts TV to me, it felt mm-hmm. like a scene out of Buffy.
1: It did, yeah. Like where
0: they're like doing research on vampires, and there's like <laughs> articles flying by, and there's like <laughs> dramatic music, and then like her eyes. Like it, it's it's very dated, but it felt it felt dated to a time before this movie, mm-hmm. which made it f- feel cool, like a like a, a weird kind of callback, um, or like a fun callback. Uh, and yeah, I thought it, I thought it was interesting. Um, and then it ends on like a, a fun little like. 18th century vampire dream that she has where yeah. she's like dreaming about Edward sucking her blood but they're like all in like they're like 18th century nobles or they're, something. They're
1: like interview with the vampire. Yeah. Vampire. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah it was interesting. It was fun.
1: So after she does her research she's got this whole thing figured out. Um, she shows up to school and she sees Edward in the parking lot and she like gives him a look and walks off towards the forest and he follows her. And I thought that was a whole vibe, too. Like, I thought that moment was fun.
0: I really liked that moment. I thought it was really fun. And it gave her a little bit of a personality that we had been lacking mostly throughout the course of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that look, she just gives them, and they just walk into the woods. I agree. There's something about it that feels very...
1: It's it's moody in, like, the best way. It is moody
0: in a very good way. Uh, for sure. I, I, I did like that part a lot.
1: Now I do think the lines when they get into the woods. I liked what you had to say earlier about her like specifically naming him as a vampire right. being kind of like a consent thing. But I do think that most of the dialogue once they get in the woods is pretty cheeseball.
0: It is all, but a lot of it's from the book, which the 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 lines in the book aren't. Yeah, much. Are the you know like like the there's yeah I, I think it's it's a lot of similar dialogue from the book but it is all fairly cheesy and you know maybe some of it reads better than it sounds and that sort yeah. of thing uh, which can often be a problem
1: uh so they have their their whole um they have their come to jesus scene where they she names him as a vampire right. and they have the whole meadow scene and yeah. all that stuff which we already talked about um and then when they come back to school oh, i man. guess like the next day yeah. um
0: they're like the cool it's, couple
1: they're like the cool couple and it's like a great teen movie moment where like they pull up in his car and jessica's like oh my god
0: and Edward gets out wearing fucking uh the uh the sun the the sunglasses i have the square
1: yeah what you what Oh, those ray-bans called? yeah
0: like the yeah. ray-bans like the square ray-bans yeah
1: um, and like opens the door for her yeah. and like they walk in and with, he does that with thing like his arms slung around the, her
0: the most classic thing about that it's a little detail but to me it is the most classic that scene thing ever is that when he opens the door he doesn't look down at her he opens the door he looks out around at everybody as he opens there's something about that little detail of like opening the door but like looking around it to make sure see who all's watching yeah it's just it's very good
1: and they're walking in together <laughs> Bella is like everybody's staring at us and Edward goes no not that guy oh no he just looked yeah <laughs> which is like it's just this great brief moment of levity yeah. in the middle in of this otherwise movie dreary,
0: <laughs> uh, very serious film other than the baseball <laughs> that's not serious but
1: another little tiny moment that I loved um, I think it was the scene right after this where she's washing her truck and he's like hanging out with her. And he like
0: jumps off. The, he, he's did, on he, the roof of it. Yeah, he it jumps
1: me? like he jumps off down onto the truck and then he jumps onto the ground. And she's like, could you just act human? <laughs> yeah. And then he reaches down and just pops a giant dent out of the side of her truck.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was fun.
1: I mean, honestly, I would watch just that. Just yeah. them like interacting with each other as a human and a vampire in like a light hearted kind of way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. No that that would have been more of that would have been good. Yeah. And I think that also gives it would have been what we've talked about before. Just more of those like, little scenes are the best moments in the movie in terms of establishing their relationship.
1: Yeah, that's the stuff that sells them as a couple. Yeah,
0: and, and doesn't and isn't just them looking at each yeah. other or and the the staring story or
1: both book and movie. Just the story overall needed more of that. Yeah, we needed more of those dumb little moments just to sell them as people who like each other. Who live a normal life most of the time, yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Uh, So these two scenes in particular uh, stuck out to me uh, in terms of the, made it very clear that me and Stephanie Meyer probably don't agree about much um, in the world. Uh, I mean, I knew that right from Genesis 2.16 on the first page of the book, but uh, one of the things is uh, Edward mentions that he thinks that the powers that some of the vampires have, himself included, are ba- are come from abilities that they had prior to becoming vampires. Uh, like that, he was like more perceptive of other people's emotions and mm-hmm. stuff when he before he became a vampire, and then that spiked. Which I don't hate that idea, like mm-hmm. that that concept of like, oh, if you're particularly like. Uh,
1: particularly good at reading the room yes and or, or or if like carlisle
0: is particularly was it a particularly smart like a uh, science-minded person logical person that somehow gets amplified and he becomes like a super doctor or whatever like yeah. sure you know like he really becomes a really good doctor um or something like that i don't i i don't hate that idea but one of the things that edward mentions is that he goes uh alice uh she was psychic before she was a vampire <laughs> And so now she's even more psychic. And I'm like, (laughs) wait, what? Okay, so psychics. I mean, vampires exist. So it's not outlandish, I guess, in this universe that psychics are real. But uh, for me, it felt silly. And the movie doesn't mention it. So I appreciated that. Now, maybe that'll become a thing later. If we get more backstory for these characters in later movies or books, I don't know. Because um, we don't get much of, like, any other backstories. We get a little bit here and there that Edward tells. Actually, but...
1: you reminded me of something that I should have put under better in the book. The movie leaves out Carlisle's backstory. Yes. Which we get, which is a really oh, interesting Oh, yeah, backstory. I should have put that. I forgot that. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point.
0: Yeah, where they, when she goes to meet their family, um, he tells kind of the story of Carlisle and how he turned into a vampire and became mm-hmm. a doctor and all that sort of stuff. And that yeah, that was really interesting. I wonder if we'll get that in a later movie. It seems important. No. It yeah. feels important. Maybe they were just trying to focus on Bella and Edward in this one. And maybe one of the later movies, there'll be more backstory of mm-hmm. these other characters because you seem like you're going to need it at some point. Mm-hmm. We're done with Bella and Edward's like big, you know. When I say we're done, I mean like they've met... We've revealed the mystery. Like you got a lot yeah. of groundwork to get through in this movie. Now that that's done, I feel like we can get to some other more interesting stuff in later ones, but we'll see. Um, but that I, I didn't like that. She was psychic before she became a vampire. Um, and then also uh, Edwards uh, <laughs> denies evolution. He's a, he's a, he's a creationist in the book, which I mean, he was born in the 1800s. So maybe, or he was born in like 1900. Exactly. I guess pretty much right yeah because he dies in the 1918 flu pandemic yeah uh and he's 17 so yeah he was born like 1900 or 1901 uh he calls this is a little thing but he calls the 1918 flu pandemic an epidemic and i was like that nope your your dad's a doctor he would know (laughs) that it was a pandemic and not an epidemic but sure (laughs) Uh, epidemic is like a more regional uh, localized thing whereas pandemic is global Right. Um, what we're in right now that's what we're doing right now is the whole pandemic thing although now it may not be anymore it may be an epidemic (laughs) in America and just uh, uh, not pandemic I think it's still a pandemic but the rest of the world seems to have gotten mostly under control so uh, unlike some of us (sighs) Um,
1: but Edward is like uh, doesn't
0: believe in evolution and I thought that was stupid yeah (laughs) he's like some people say evolution but he's like well, I don't i don't know if i buy that things are too crazy and weird it's like buddy that's how okay don't don't <laughs> get me off on my on my on my college we know we know about evolution. we know
1: what the author we know what I we're know. dealing with here. i know
0: and that's my point is that this is where it really started to seep through in a couple scenes of like oh god yeah Ugh. i could really feel her viewpoints seeping through in a way that to me is very unappealing but oh oh, buddy just you wait
1: (laughs) haven't been saying anything when you've been conjecturing about upcoming books and movies but (laughs) kind of wish we were filming this so we could just cut to my face in a few (laughs) places so when she goes to meet the Collins in the movie, I kind of love that they're cooking for her. Oh it's adorable. It's I so have cute. We
0: both had this note for better in the movie. It's adorable. Uh, it's not in the book. it's not mentioned. Yeah. Um, they are cordial and nice to her and a lot of this scene plays out similarly like the dynamic. Mm-hmm. but in the movie, they are cooking her like a big dinner and it's it's particularly cute because they don't eat. Yeah. And so obviously they don't need the food, so they're going out of their so way. So it's
1: been who knows how long since any of them have cooked.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, Carlisle says in the movie he's like, "It's our first time using the kitchen." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. That's I thought that was a cute little detail about to sort of uh, sell their in how they are embracing her mm-hmm. as part of their their family and that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I, I thought that was a fun little uh, little ad from the
1: book. And I loved. It's such a dumb line. But I think Rosalie at one point says, yeah. is she even Italian? Yeah, because they're cooking an
0: Italian dinner. <laughs>
1: and Emmett goes, her name's Bella. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: it's so dumb, but I loved it.
0: Uh, so neither of these scenes are in the movie, and I was really happy about it. One, uh, it's it's the morning after they spend the night together in her, her room mm-hmm. in the book. And then her dad, uh, Charlie, leaves in the morning to go fishing or something. And uh, she goes and, like, sh- brushes her teeth and then... Edward just picks her up and carries her downstairs to go eat breakfast. It's gross. We talked about the whole thing with Alice asks, and it's the only one that asks before, like bodily moving her, <laughs>
1: just manhandling, manhandling
0: her. her yeah. And so I, that wasn't in the movie, which was nice. And then also right after that, uh, they kiss. And this is... The the moment they kiss is actually the moment of the meme you posted today, which I thought was hilarious and I didn't mention is that... They're getting... She gets dressed to go meet his family. Yeah. And she puts on her best uh, full-length khaki skirt <laughs> and blue blouse and becomes the world's most beautiful, sexy woman ever in that moment.
1: The world's sexiest Bible salesman.
0: Yes. Uh, oh, my God. I I had the same thought reading the book, and it was so funny. I didn't make a note about it, but when I saw your the meme you posted today about that... I lost it because yeah, I had that exact same yeah. reaction where she's like she she literally puts on a long khaki skirt and a blue blouse and then Edward's reaction is that he's never seen such a divine such beauty. sexy exquisite <laughs> just uh that ankle. <laughs> like he's can't get over it and it is very puritan uh and yeah the 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 mormon jumps right off the page in that moment but uh he kisses her then and she faints yeah which i'm glad they didn't do because
1: that's (laughs) stupid
0: (laughs) that's dumb the movie doesn't do that so uh and then when he does get to their house this is a little detail that i thought was a really the, the movie had a lot of these little details that were good the movie has lots of faults but some of these little details were clever fun ads I talked about the onion thing, we talked about them cooking dinner. This is another one that I thought was a fun thing is that they get to their house and they're walking up the stairs and there's this big mural on the wall.
1: This is giant. Mural. And you can't really
0: tell what it is. It's like square, colors like thin strips of color in a frame. Mm-hmm. And it's like squares or something. You're like, "What is that?" And then you realize and she's like, "Are these graduation hats?" And he's like, "Yeah, they, it's a sentimental thing. They just keep them all." And you're like, because they, you know, they yeah. go to high school over and over and over and over and over. So they graduate over and over and they keep... oh that's fun. That's a little fun detail. Ugh,
1: what an existence. Yeah,
0: a nightmare. Oh, <laughs> God. Although, well, it depends. We talked about whether or not... I mean, if Edward still has some of the same emotional maturity, I wouldn't want to do high school again with the same emotional maturity that I yeah. had in high school over and over and over again. But, like, the idea of doing high school again with my current emotional maturity, I think I... I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do it, but I wouldn't not want to do it.
1: I feel like I would enjoy it more. I is feel what like I'll you say. would have fun with it like the first couple times. Oh like yeah. redoing high school like as a beautiful, intelligent, wealthy person who like <laughs> the epitome knows, of privilege who knows so much more stuff than everybody else does. Yeah. Yeah, you would enjoy it the first handful of times, but
0: I don't even mean in his shoes necessarily i just mean doing high school again like i i I just think i would really much more i would if i got to do high school again when i was 25 or 30 i think i would just have enjoyed it a lot more than i did when i did high school Mm -hmm. i think it was with your emotional maturity and all that sort of stuff i just think it would be a more compelling interesting time i'd know not to get so wound up in stuff that i didn't matter you'd be better at i think i'd be better at making friends and and do you know all those different aspects that are just hard in high school Mm -hmm. when you're doing it when you're 14 15 um would be more interesting that's why college is better than high school but but even then you know the idea of going back and doing that same kind of thing of high school at an older age i can see the idea of it being interesting but never a hundred times
1: no no but that first time yeah that first time be something else rolling up not giving a single solitary fuck yeah what any of your classmates thought of you. <laughs> so Edward's bedroom in the book is, he's like super into music. And they describe that his room has like heavy fabric hanging on yeah, the like walls. Yeah, draped on the walls. For acoustics. I was glad that they didn't go with that in the movie because I was a little creeped out just reading the description of it.
0: It's Weird. It comes across to me like a room out of Grimmauld Place. Yeah. Versus like... Or like sleek... a
1: murder room.
0: Or a murder room. But I took it more of like a gothy, like, you know, Victorian weird. Yeah. Like there's like, drape, like drapes all over the walls and like behind them is like a weird family mirror. Like I I really read it like a room from Grimald Place. Whereas it doesn't fit in with the rest of the house. Mm-hmm. Which I think could also be interesting. But he just has a normal room <laughs> in yeah, the movie. he just has
1: a normal room. But I also want to take this moment to point out... That while the book says he has shelves and shelves of CDs, and now the movie shows like a bunch of different um mediums. It seems to. Me, CD, yeah. I just want to point out that Edward would one hundred percent be a vinyl is the superior medium. Oh, hipstery abs- asshole! One hundred percent. Absolutely. This is not even open. For they the really pain. missed an
0: opportunity there. Yeah. There's no way he wouldn't only listen to vinyl. No way. No way. No. Yeah. He lived through, yeah, it's 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 the most obvious possible, like, character trait for him as somebody who loves music is that he, because ha- he's lived through all the time when he yeah. can buy and keep all the vinyl.
1: And then there's that <laughs> scene in the book, too, where he, like, dunks on the music from different eras. Yeah. He's like, oh, music in the 70s was terrible. 80s
0: was okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ugh. All right, cool guy. I thought having them dance in the, in his bedroom was kind of cute. Yeah. So it was like a, a very, like quote unquote, normal teen movie romance thing. Yeah. I thought that was cute. And I also want to go on record as having said that it was really nice to not have to constantly hear about how cold Edward is. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my
0: because gosh. Because
1: that is something that Bella just harps on. He's cold and hard. Great. Yes. <laughs> He's a statue. Yes, congrats. Marble,
0: marble, cold, marble, hard, cold, chuckle. hard,
1: alabaster, Greek god. Yep. Like I know I've gone on about what we miss without Bella's point of view, but I did not miss any of that. No.
0: Yeah, she talks every time, and I, I, I made it. I, I mentioned it at one point. I was like, you know, you'd think maybe once Stephanie Meyer could not add the descriptor cold before. <laughs> every time like in the sentence anytime Edward touches her because it's always in there cold is always in yeah. there and it's like oh, I I know I'm aware now that he's cold I get it
1: he's cold he's, he's been cold. cold
0: the whole time <laughs> he's... still cold
1: not getting any warmer
0: nope. but okay
1: let's talk about vampires playing baseball yeah because this concept is so bananas that it's ballsy yeah
0: it's weird. It's
1: and a choice. As if the book version of that wasn't already bananas and ballsy enough, the movie goes the extra mile of giving them like matching uniform pieces. Yeah. And then sets it to supermassive black hole. Yeah. Just like all in. Yeah. Fuck it. We're all in. I love it. Yeah.
0: I had this in the movie, nailed it. I think you're right that the movie even dials it up, but I had in the movie nailed it because my reasoning being that it's it's so stupid in yeah. the book. You're like, this is the I, I say stupid. It's it's just ballsy and weird and funny and dumb, and the movie just does it unapologetically. Unapologetically, it's like, yep, that's it's stupid and ballsy and dumb, and we're doing it, and we're gonna even we're gonna and we're gonna set it to Muse because fuck you, <laughs> like what, I, it's. I yeah I, I agree I had it in the movie nail it but I think it's the same thing it's just it's so weird and silly and it the the, the depiction of it is exactly what you imagine in the book of them yeah. running through the woods you know catching balls a million miles away and then like when they slam into each other and like in midair and it, it's all stupid and dumb and great and like and, yeah <laughs> it's just a weird thing
1: and while we're on the subject so they're playing baseball. And the other uh, bad coven of vampires yeah. shows up and they want to join the baseball game. Yeah. So is the implication that all vampires love baseball?
0: Yeah, they must. It's America's pastime, Katie. <laughs> all American <laughs> Do you know vampires love what
1: that sounds like? Did you ever read uh, the Bailey School Kids Mm-mm. books? It was like, uh, vampires don't wear polka dots. Um, I don't remember. Frankenstein doesn't in the cafeteria oh that like sounds vaguely like that. familiar i read them like second third grade. that sounds
0: vaguely familiar yeah yeah but I this
1: is this this is like a bailey school kids book vampires don't play baseball mm. but they do they love baseball all vampires love baseball yeah we should just enter that into vampire lore you like the collective a collective vampire lore
0: that might be one of my uh, i'm gonna have to, i'm gonna have to i'm gonna put a pin in that for my prediction segment for a later movie okay it's not going to be my prediction. It's going to be my wish segment. Is that we see? I'll just spoil it now. That we see uh, VLB Vampire League Baseball.
1: Yes. They have like a
0: and they, or no the World Vampire Baseball Classic uh, WVBc, which is like in, in the World Baseball Classic is where it's like the World Cup of baseball, mm-hmm. but it's like that but with vampires. And from all over the world, they have like a tournament every four years, or maybe every it. ten years, where I they play it. baseball together, and they just all play baseball no matter where they are for whatever reason.
1: Vampires love and baseball, it, and it could be
0: like it could be like the World Cup and the Quidditch World Cup, and yes, Hitler, but it's like the the World <laughs> Vampire Baseball Cup. I think that would be fantastic. Just, I mean, you're already leaned into a dumb thing. Just really <laughs> lean into it. Uh, speaking of the bad vampires showing up during the baseball game, in the book. They're described as just wearing, like, hiking clothes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like blue jeans and stuff, uh, and, like, looking kind of generic. In the movie, they have, like, a whole aesthetic, and I love it.
1: Oh, yeah, they have a great aesthetic. They have, like, a
0: great look. Like they the, look like, like evil vampires. Victoria
1: with, like, the big fur The big vest.
0: fur shawl thing, and just, like. And like
1: Laurent with his suit. Yeah, and he's like... got the
0: suit and, and they're barefoot. And I yeah. think they are mentioned as being barefoot in the movie or the book. Too, yeah, they but, are. But they, they sound way more generic and boring and they have like backpacks and stuff. And the, they just look like sound like hikers, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, But I love that they have like a whole aesthetic in the movie, which obviously they would have to with their big dramatic entrance. But yeah, I'm glad they made that choice because, yeah, it's more fun that way. Uh, also, we mentioned earlier, but the book or the movie really streamlines the ending. Uh, I think it makes sense. They just get her to the dance studio, yeah, and it's less convoluted. They yeah. miss a couple we, details. We miss a
1: couple cool details, but it is a lot more streamlined and easier to follow. It makes
0: more sense, and it, 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 it the the book has a little unnecess- is a little unnecessary in like the 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 the, the, tr- the convolution, the trail that we or the the path that we take yeah. to get to the climax. In the movie, we actually see James Biter, and then we actually get a fight scene mm-hmm. uh, between uh, James and Edward. Uh, whereas in the book, we, she just kind of like hits her head and realizes she's bleeding a lot, and then feels a searing pain in her hand, and then passes out, yeah. and then wakes up in the hospital. Or we hear some, we get some like we
1: get like a little bit
0: of the talking of yeah. like Carlisle and Edward being like, "Oh, but she's you gotta, kind of
1: like going in, in and, and out of yeah. consciousness," and and yeah.
0: so we don't really know what's happening. We just hear carlisle telling edward to like suck the venom out of her Mm -hmm. hand or whatever but
1: yeah i thought giving edward a fight scene with james was a good idea yeah
0: because that's what happened in the book we just don't see it or know at all what happened they just like later they're like oh yeah we killed james Mm. oh okay (laughs) all right fine speaking of alice rips his fucking head off in the movie and that's not in the book
1: because alice is easily the best most interesting character in this series
0: Uh, you're i i'm already on board and agree so far uh in my yeah uh after the first book and movie i 100% agree but she it's out of nowhere they like they uh, edward's about to kill him and then carlisle's like no alice rip his fucking head off (laughs) And then Alice jumps up and just, like, fucking rips his head off. I was like, what is happening? Okay. Wait, why can why is Edward not allowed to kill him, but Alice can just, like, yoink his head right off? Oh, sure. Uh, and then they build a big fire and burn his body in it. But I was unprepared, and they don't dwell on it, and they never address it again. <laughs> that for some reason, they have Emmett, who's, like, this big hulking monster of a human, and he just holds him while Alice, Alice jumps on his neck and rips his... It's very strange. I don't understand why, but
1: I don't know, man, I'm don't into it. I'm not mad about I'm it. I'm not
0: mad about <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> uh, my last note here. Um, this is, it's like a super quirky girl thing, which is kind of annoying, especially in the aughts. Yeah. Um, but I appreciated that the movie had Bella just wear a freaking Converse sneaker to prom. Yeah. With her leg cast. Yeah. The book has her wear a walking cast and a freaking stiletto, and that has bothered me since 2006. (laughs) How the hell would that be accomplished? How would she move?
0: Uh, Edward just carries her everywhere. That makes sense. That tracks with Edward. I mean, (laughs) sure, I guess, (laughs) but...
1: But she clearly, like, walks around on her own yeah, in that scene in the book. Like, Stephanie Meyer, do you not know what a stiletto is, actually? No. I guess mm-hmm. not.
0: I, I mean, this is coming from somebody who the epitome of sexuality is a full-length khaki skirt <laughs> and a blue blouse <laughs> and her hair tied back on a ponytail. So, and if that's your thing, I'm not saying that it can't be sexy. I'm just saying that that's, what we're, that's the level we're operating on here. So uh, I would go out on a limb and say maybe she's not uh, super uh, verse, well-versed on stilettos and their uh, functionality, <laughs> potentially. All right, that was all we had for better in the movie. Let's go ahead and talk about what the movie nailed.
1: As I expected, practically perfect in every way.
0: I thought the movie did a really good job uh with Charlie and Bella and their relationship. Mm-hmm. I think it feels the most close to what we get in the book in terms of like relationship dynamics and how it plays out on screen versus what's written in the book. I think it's easier because a lot of their relationship is not talking and yeah. like the cold not cold but like sort of an understood quiet quiet yeah. basically. And so I but I think the movie does a good job accomplishing that. I think the guy who Billy Burke I think is his name who plays Charlie um did a really good job sort of just doing that uh awkward unsure dad who hasn't really been a full-time dad and doesn't really mm-hmm. know what to do and now she's 17 and what how do i even okay you just, i'll just be here if you need anything <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing like i did it, I, did it. I thought the movie did pretty good at that
1: uh i have a couple things here uh they got the truck right
0: yeah big red yeah monster yeah
1: like vintage kind of truck boxy Mm truck uh the boys at school like falling all over themselves over bella for some reason yeah um kind of even more baffling in the movie because she's not even really interesting in the movie
0: yeah but she's not interesting in the book that we well she's interesting in the book but we don't see her being interesting necessarily in a way that the other
1: it's true. you know what i mean yeah she's
0: interesting to us because we're hearing her in her monologue and that sort of thing but there are moments where she like she's snarky and sarcastic that was a the thing i noticed too it's like like she, i think part of it is that she's like kind of snarky and sarcastic in the book
1: mm-hmm.
0: at least at times that they don't really show as much in the movie and she has a moment where she realizes like these kids aren't getting her sarcasm
1: yeah
0: uh, which i identified with a lot okay. um <laughs> but uh yeah i thought that was i so like I think maybe that's part of it is that she is kind of like kind of she's she's almost like and she is super pale that's interesting. She's almost like the female Edward to all these boys. She's this mysterious hmm. figure who shows up. She's pretty and kind of snarky and quiet and mysterious and they don't know anything about her. And so she has that same appeal that Edward has for her.
1: Okay, okay. I like where you're going with that. At any rate, I thought the movie nailed that aspect <laughs> yeah. of the story. Yeah. Uh, they also nailed Bella being clumsy and bad at gym class.
0: Mm hmm. Yep. Which is something you could identify.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not that clumsy. <laughs>
0: what? Well, no, no, not that clumsy, but the, but I was the gym really class bad in gym class. <laughs> That's what I, meant,
1: yeah. Gym class was terrible.
0: Uh, they go to La Push. Uh, I yeah, I thought the, the La Push visit, although they add surfing, which I thought maybe was like a good little add because they just kind of go and hang out.
1: Yeah, they like um, hang out by the tide pools and yeah, which like make s'mores yeah. and stuff.
0: Um, but in general, I thought like the the they go to the beach, but it's cold and like the kind of feel of the whole visit felt. Mm-hmm. similar to me away yeah. from the book yeah. um it's not like a fun like really good gonna sit out and get some sun on the beach trip it's like we're wearing bo- uh <laughs> beanies yeah. and like parkas, parkas and, and yeah wetsuits and, and stuff. And
1: always eating red vines for and some red vines, in the movie
0: because they're crazy delicious <laughs> red vines clearly paid for some product placement in this movie because they're eating red vines several times in this film uh and then also the the port angeles trip um plays out very similar to the book mm-hmm. Where she goes and they they go shopping for dresses and that's similar. Uh, and then they set up the the creepy dudes. Yeah. Early on, uh, and then she decides to go to the bookstore and they get split up and then the whole thing with Edward. All of that plays out pretty much exactly yeah.
1: the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. Edward saving her from being horrifically gang raped. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then his crazy driving.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, it's a little more tense in the book. I think that's potentially a slightly better in the book thing. Is that the the whole the whole scene where she's being followed by them mm-hmm. is to me, reading the book f- was a little more.
1: I think it was a little subtler. Yeah. In the book where I, like, where she like, you see them every now and then. And then she realizes what realizes what's happening. I think
0: that's the thing is that in the book, there's this moment where she thinks like, she feels like they're, they're, they're falling away from her mm-hmm. and like, they're not chasing her and she feels better. And she, she's like going to get around a corner and thinks she's safe. But then she gets around the corner and, and realize, and it's like a dead end, or not a dead end, but it's like a, an yeah. empty street. And she sees the two other guys like yeah. halfway down the street, and she realizes that it wasn't these two guys that were chasing her. They were just like corralling her. Basically. Yeah, she
1: was being herded. Yeah,
0: which is like horrifying and like because yeah. you're not sure what's going to happen. And, and I didn't know I, that whole scene was much more tense for me in the book, but it it's ultimately very similar. So. Yeah. And I mentioned it earlier, but I think Kristen Stewart does a really good job in this movie. I'd argue she does a great job. It has to be hard. I mean, her her. I don't think Bella's a good character in the movie, especially compared to the book, where I think she's a, a relatively interesting character. But I think she does a good job with what she's supposed to be doing in the movie. Um, yeah. She does a lot of, <laughs> she does an awful lot of staring, uh, lip biting, and and like longing eye batting and stuff and there's a lot of non-verbal acting that she does that Mm -hmm. comes across realistic to me or at least came across not feeling completely cheesy at least compared to some of the scenes in the film like in general when she's like staring at edward and stuff and like talking and like awkwardly looking askew and 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 like averting her eyes and and feeling awkward all that stuff felt very natural to me and to me, I thought I was like, kind of impressed with how good of a job she did with that. Again, it's, the character is not good <laughs> in the yeah. movie.
1: Yeah, and I think it must be pretty difficult to have a role as big as that and not really have anything to chew on yeah. with it.
0: Yeah, she doesn't have like lots of big like monologues. She yeah. doesn't get to like be dramatic. She just kind of hangs out and is awkward and... And and, 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 uh, enamored of people, which is like a very subtle thing to do well. And I think she does it well. So Uh, It's the thing in the book that the movie I thought nailed is that Edward has like an anger problem.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. He has like a rage problem. He's like, if I go back there, I'll just murder those guys. And this is super hot to Bella. It's equally problematic in the movie of the book.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then that's one of those things like we talked about earlier that. If you're younger, yeah, more in the target audience for this, you're not really picking up on that as a red flag. Yeah, it's it comes across, at least in my memory, more of as an indication of like passion, right, and intensity. Yes, which which you can read it that way. Yeah, which seems very hot, right? When you're younger and you're not reading it as a red flag, right?
0: And you can it can even be done that 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 emotion can be done in a way that isn't gross or problematic. I think there can be, there's, I mean, cause obviously there's, there's, there's a, uh, there's a, a good quality to wanting to protect your loved ones, yeah. obviously. Like that's a, a good thing. Like to, to, to want to, uh, yeah, to want not want uh, uh, any harm to come to the people that you love and that sort of thing. Uh, but the, the way it's portrayed in the book and the movie is it's less of, him wanting, which there is this of him, like I, 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 don't know what I do if everything, anything ever happened to you, and I care so deeply about you and all these sort of things. That's a big part of it, but it's also like he, like he, like rages out and is like, mm-hmm. oh, I, talk to me about anything, so I don't go back there and just rip those limbs off. The, like that, that like extra level of like, not okay. There, she's safe now, so you're done with that. This is no longer righteous anger in defense of a loved one this is now like i'm just a rage-filled person who wants to murder like vigilante vigilante justice murder people you know what i mean like it's 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 that sort of teetering thing that you get in superhero movies of like sometimes of like that line between like with batman of like between like justice versus like oh you're going too far like you're going Mm -hmm. over the edge and it and it it's it's supposed to be endearing in this book. Like, it's supposed to be a thing that she finds very attractive about Edward. Uh, and I get it. But it's, it's gross. It's really um, gross. Okay,
1: now I'm having trouble remembering. Because having read this, now I'm starting to remember stuff from the other books and it's starting to meld together a little bit. Okay. In Twilight, you've only read Twilight. Yes. Did we find out... What Edward was doing for a period of time when he did not live with the Collins.
0: Yes, yes, he yeah, he said he went, he did, he was Dexter for a while, yeah. Okay, he went, yeah, yeah, he did, he does mention that that he went when he wa- he left Carlisle for a while, um, and uh, he was killing, he was eating people, but it was only people he thought were bad people.
1: Okay, he mentions right. that.
0: Now, there's not a lot of detail, but that is mentioned in the book.
1: Okay, so. I couldn't remember if that was in twilight or if i was remembering that detail from another book
0: no, no no that is from this one and and yeah so like there's i i get it i'm still I, i'm this is a whole another thing i'm not i'm not, i'm very much not a fan of like vigilante justice and that sort of thing i'm I, retrib, uh, retributive justice doesn't doesn't get my engine running at all um and so uh and a lot of that is ties back to a lot of different things particularly my views on free will which we've discussed at length but all that being said it's still regardless of any i think even even i think even somebody who doesn't necessarily feel the same way i do about retributive justice and that sort of thing would still find edward's personality in certain scenes in this book problematic oh, and yeah. weird. No, like definitely. you know what i mean like yeah like even if you're into like revenge and justice he's like over the line and in a weird way that's like it's, and the fact that it's portrayed as this super like attractive thing is like ugh. yeah. Ugh. Red no, flags. I agree.
1: Yeah, uh, I thought the movie did a good job with Edward's backstory in general. Yeah, like how he became a vampire. Yeah, with Carlisle and yeah. the pandemic and all that sort of get stuff. like a flashback.
0: Uh, they kept a couple of lines straight out of the book here. We mentioned one in the prequel, but. Uh, there's also this line, which I didn't, when I was reading the book, I was like, I wonder if that'll be in the movie, uh, which is that Edward says, you're exactly my brand of heroin uh, to Bella because he's so addicted to her, which, you know, fair enough. Um, uh, but then, you know, they also have the line, uh, which is this is directly from the book. Um, and they were going to change it for the movie, uh, but they didn't because Stephanie Meyer was like, people have this line tattooed on their body, which I was like, do they? Oof! All right. Um, I mean, it's a line, I guess. Yeah. Uh, if you do, I mean, uh, fair enough. Uh, but uh, it's, to me, it's it's a it's a it's a line. So the lion fell in love with the lamb. What a stupid lamb! What a sick masochistic lion! I'm assuming most people would just have the first part of that.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Even still, that's a whole ass problematic. That's the same thing I'm talking about. That's the whole. To me, that still embodies the weird, gross like. Uh, gender role, mm-hmm. patriarchal, power like power dynamic yeah. thing that's really gross to me. Yeah, in a way that I, uh, uh, I mean, I can, again, I can get reading that line, and and, and and years past and and being into it, and not reading it in the same way I do mm-hmm. now. But reading it now, it's uh, doesn't not a big fan.
1: <laughs> I thought the movie nailed the Collins and like their dynamic and how it's like, especially how they interact with Bella. Where you can tell that like most of them are like all for it, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like woo, except for Rosalie. Yeah, well, we find out more about Rosalie later. Okay, good. Put a pin in her. Got to put a pin in that because I don't know what's going on there.
0: Uh, so I was definitely feeling, and I I don't know. I feel like I've heard you mention this before, but I could be wrong. Uh, when when she goes and is introduced to their family, there is some weird, and it's in the movie, which made me. Th- I have a I have a whole thing about this later in my prediction segment, but it, they even the fact that they thought to put this same weird dynamic in the movie made me feel like there must be something to it, and that I wasn't crazy. There's like some strange chemistry between Bella and Alice that is I don't understand what it's supposed to be, and now I'm assuming it's not what I feel like it is. It's
1: not what you feel like it is. It's not what you want it to be. Okay, because <laughs> there it's there. But
0: why is it there? Is it something else? You don't have I, to spoil anything, but is it something else or is I it just I
1: think it might literally just be the author not really knowing how to write an intense friendship.
0: Okay. Interesting. I guess it's a friendship thing, but it feels okay, I got to read. I I just I got the page number here. So this is when Bella and Alice like they've talked a couple times but this is when she's introduced in, at the house with the family. Hey, Edward, Alice called enthusiastically. She ran down the stairs, a streak of black hair and white skin, coming to a sudden and graceful stop in front of me. Carlisle and Esme shot warning glances at her, but I liked it. It was natural, for her anyway. Hi, Bella, Alice said, and she bounced forward to kiss my cheek. If Car- Carlisle and Esme had looked cautious before, they now looked staggered. There was shock in my eyes, too, but I was also very pleased that she seemed to approve of me so entirely. I was startled to feel Edward stiffen at my side. I glanced at his face, but his expression was unreadable. You do smell nice. I never noticed before, she commented, to my extreme embarrassment. (laughs) No one else seemed to know quite what to say, and then Jasper was there, tall and Leonine. Listen, How does that read any way other than,
1: I don't... <laughs> listen, it's there. I don't think that the author intended it to be what it reads as. How is that possible? If I had to guess. <laughs> I mean, I I believe you. Like, knowing what we know about Stephanie right. Meyer, is, But there, there's the... Go, <laughs> There's a lot of fic out there.
0: I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is, but it's not even. It's not even subtext. It's text no, no, in this scene. It's not.
1: It's not even subtle. But and I, well, I, I don't, the thing that's weird to me is like
0: I don't understand what that's supposed to mean. If that's not some weird allusion to like some romantic chemistry,
1: I think that it is supposed to show us that Alice is comfortable right off the bat with it because she doesn't have to do any guesswork like the others are having to do. I think it's also supposed to be like a quick start to them being really good friends. I agree with you (laughs) that it reads differently. Okay. But... Don't get your hopes
0: up. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I like. I said. I. I know. I. I know enough about Stephanie Meyer and what I can assume, but it's just the, the way that read, and then the way it's portrayed in the movie. It happens very similarly. Yeah. Like Edward's reaction and everything, and it all feels. Although I guess my only thought is that this is an allusion to the fact that Alice knows she's going to be a vampire.
1: Yeah, I think because that's, that's mentioned of in the
0: book, right? At some point, is that. Yeah, Bella says, and in Alice the movie, Bella sees, like, that sees that that's Alice in the future. is in the future, and Edward's like, "Ah, oh, things can change," and so maybe that's. But even still, it doesn't make it doesn't read that way to me. It just reads like Edward's reaction and everybody's reaction, and that the, every every word choice is so specific to read the way it reads. And it, uh, anyways, all right, let's move on. I'm sorry,
1: but I think. Uh, And I don't really want to get into it because this is already going to be a long episode. We can talk about this later. Yeah. Stephanie Meyer is not a good writer.
0: No, I, I agree.
1: And I think that partly what we're seeing here is somebody who is also maybe not particularly well read and maybe doesn't realize. Oh. That the choices that she's making with her language could be interpreted differently. I don't know if, like, not being well read is maybe the best way to put that. But but maybe
0: the diversity of media. Yeah, the the
1: diversity of the media that she has consumed is probably not great. Maybe
0: not as. as, Probably
1: not particularly broad. Probably does not include anything with LGBT. Themes. Uh, But see, I don't
0: even need the LGBT thing. You you write, you swap that out. Like, you could write that same scene. Like, if that was Jacob running up to her, you could write that scene the exact same way, and you would very clearly get.
1: But is she going to pick up on that?
0: When it is. When
1: it's two two women. women. That's fair. Or is she just going to say, it's just gals being pals?
0: I guess it's just gals being (laughs) pals. It's just gals
1: being pals.
0: (laughs) Oh, fair enough. Uh, so both in the movie and the book, Edward is a piano player. He plays mm-hmm. some nice, uh, delightful little songs for Bella. Some nice tunes. Some nice, uh, yeah. He writes a song about her. He wrote a song about her, um, and plays it for her. Uh, so that's that's fun. That's both in both the movie and the book. He just sort of casually admits to watching her sleep. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a big deal.
1: It's not weird at all.
0: He's not. He's like, nah, yeah, I watch you sleep sometimes, and she's like, oh, I'm
1: so flattered. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> uh
0: great uh and then we're getting to the end here uh the the big face-off between the covens uh when lauren and uh james and victoria show up they have this big face-off and then after james smells and like she's human uh they have this big like dramatic
1: where everybody like assumes battle stance everybody
0: assumes their battle stances and it reads in the book to me it read in the book silly which is why mm-hmm. i have this in the movie nailed it is because in the movie it's silly they all, like, drop into animal poses and are, like, growling at each other. And I get it. Like, I get, again, I get, uh, I, I enjoy this type of media we've, we've talked about. We've watched, you know, Buffy and Lost Girl. And, like, mm-hmm. we're into, like, fantasy and, like, and, like fantasy mixed with real world stuff. And, like, the idea of characters being animalistic and, and growling and stuff I think can be done in a way that doesn't feel really cheesy and bad. That particular scene in this movie didn't work for me. Uh, and I but it also didn't work for me in the book. I felt equally cheesy to me in the book, so that's why I had it here. But I feel I, like you don't I,
1: I agree about the movie. um, but I also disagree, kind of I think that there is a nugget of something interesting in the book in how Meyer describes their predatory behavior as being kind of feline and yeah. it, it intrigues me. Because I think it kind of makes sense in a weird way for vampires to be cat-like. Like Like I feel like realistically vampires would be like mostly solitary or maybe they would travel in small groups. And then pop culture has also set vampires up as the mortal enemy of the classic canine monster, the werewolf. And I think a better writer could have done something with that idea and made it like really interesting and creepy However, <laughs> much like their super speed, etc., basically all of their powers, I think it is better off left to the imagination. Yeah. Um. And clearly, what I was imagining reading the book was not what you were imagining reading the book, because I thought there was kind of something interesting to it.
0: It was better in the book in my head, but still cheesy was my. But
1: whole thing. I yeah. I, well, and there's just no way to put that on film and not have it be cheesy maybe an incredibly deft hand and a very big budget could make them appear like just the right amount of inhuman to pull it off and i think if you could pull it off it would be interesting and creepy but the thing you can't that,
0: yeah the thing that we discussed that potentially would have worked but i think they didn't do for numerous reasons is that if you do the buffy vampire thing um which is in Buffy the vampires look like normal humans mm-hmm. but when they're like when, angry when they go vampire when they go vamp when they vamp out they they have prosthetics on their face that like uh make their noses kind of
1: they they have like they like, they have like eye ridges yeah. and like um noses like they're snarling on top and, and yeah they have,
0: they have they just they look like your classic vampire kind yeah. of like demon they makeup they look thing. kind of
1: demon-y animalistic demon
0: light mixed with human and i think if they had done something like that it would have worked i think they didn't do that for numerous reasons one budget Mm -hmm. two it's not in the book three they didn't want it to look too much like buffy or something so like i get why they didn't do it but i think that does help sell when they when they do the growling and snarling and like the more animalistic stuff it feels less cheesy if they look less human yeah whereas if they just still look like themselves and then they're like it's like (laughs) all right (laughs) like it's just a little silly but uh, so the movie nailed the expedition dump uh, of who James is and what he wants and why. It's just Edward in a car driving, going. He's a tracker. I could sense it on him as soon as he walked up. He loves you and he wants to murder you and he lo- he hates that I wanted to protect you and that we all care about you and he's obsessed and he won't stop until he murders you. Okay, that's the plot. That's worth. It. <laughs> like that's both the movie and the book do the exact same thing. There, yeah. It's just Edward. Like I read his mind. Here's what's happening. <laughs> like moving on. Yeah. It's a clumsy in both. I thought like it's, mm-hmm. I get oh, it. For sure, it's it's definitely one of those like I read his mind and here's the plot for the rest of the book. Uh, the movie does nail the Charlie scene when she leaves uh, and bails on Charlie. Uh, like the entire scene is basically word for word, like mm-hmm. moment for moment, where she storms in and she's talking about leaving and uh, how she uh, she's mad at Edward and she like she like fakes a fight with Edward at the door and then she's leaving and then she says the same thing to Charlie that she said to her mom when her mo- or that her mom said to Charlie when she left to like really get yeah. him to not chase after her and that sort of thing. It's like literally word for word exactly the same scene. Um and I think it's a it's 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 a it was one of the scenes that in the book I was I was upset before the scene happened which was was one of the things that was obviously effective storytelling in the book is that I felt I was not looking forward to reading her upsetting charlie in that scene yeah i liked the dynamic of their relationship and when she was like i have to leave in 15 we have to leave in 15 minutes and i gotta you know i'm gonna like i gotta be mean to him i was like i don't want to read this <laughs> like i don't i don't want to <laughs> read her being mean to charlie like and i was like oh okay well there you go move book you made me feel something <laughs> like good job <laughs> like I, I i don't i don't i don't want to read that uh and yeah it was upsetting is it was, is it was sad and uh and the movie, I thought, captured that pretty well.
1: Yeah, uh, there was a lot about the ending that got changed, but I did like that the movie kept James tricking Bella with the old home video. Yeah, I thought that was a, a clever That's a ruse. Fun little, yeah, yeah, it's fun. I feel like
0: I've seen it in something, but yeah, probably. Sh- but it's it, yeah, it's fun. Uh, and then the last thing I had was that uh, <laughs> caught the villain monologuing again. Uh, he gets her in the room in the ballet studio and he explains his whole plot to her. He's like. So you're probably wondering why you're here. Well, I this tape, your mother, I uh, stole it from your house, and then I, you know, he goes through his whole plan, and it's okay. Thanks. It, it's very Harry Potter in that regard of the villain sitting there explaining yeah. everything that has transpired up until this point uh, and that sort of thing. But it, it happens in the book and the movie. So, all right, that was it. Whew, we're almost done. We got a couple more segments, but we're first is a new segment. We're calling it. Brian predicts the twilight
1: saga. <laughs> it's
0: going to happen. Edward. In order to replace, we don't have what's that in the book. We don't have guess who we don't have lost an adaptation in order to, you know, add some more diversity here to our entertainment. I thought it would be fun because I don't know anything that happens in these. Mm-hmm. If I tried to predict what was going to happen in each concurrent book mm-hmm. uh, in this episode. So it's called Brian. Brian predicts the twilight saga. But in this episode, I am predicting what I think will happen in new moon. I have three predictions And then I have three wishes. So I have my predictions of things that I'm like trying to make like a, like an informed, like thoughtful, like prediction of like what I think might reasonably happen. Mm -hmm. And then my wishes are like things I would like to see happen that probably won't. So my predictions are one in new moon, Bella becomes a vampire. It almost happened in this one. It's going to happen at some point. It's a spoiler. I do know she becomes a vampire, I think. I actually don't know that. I She becomes, she gets some powers. I don't know. I, I <laughs> think she becomes a vampire at some point from cultural osmosis. My guess is that it happens at the end of the next book. Second, uh, Edward, overcome with desire, accidentally eats another human, and Bella has to decide if she's going to forgive him. I think that could be an interesting test of their relationship because we've kind of gotten their relationship going in the right direction. Obviously, I think Jacob's going to – because it's called New Moon Wolves. Jacob's going to play – and he's on the cover of the movie. Jacob's going to play a major role in the next one. So there's some tension there already. But I'm thinking that uh, there could be some more interesting tension between Bella and Edward if he, for some reason – Maybe in jealousy, there's some dynamic with Jacob and Bella, and he gets upset, and then something happens, and he's out, and he kills a human and eats him. And then she finds out about it, and Bella's like, What the fuck? <laughs> uh, and my final prediction is I, I think a colon's gonna die, but I didn't, that was too vague. I'm gonna narrow it down. I'm gonna guess that either Rosalie or Emmett dies. They're together, right? Yeah. One of the two of them dies in the next one, That's my guess.
1: All right. So we have three predictions. Yep. Yeah we'll see how that shakes out.
0: My guess, if I had to narrow it down to one, I would say Emmett dies and that cements Rosalie's uh face turn heel and she defects to some evil side of that hasn't been introduced yet. Mm, okay. Because he's already like doesn't like Bella. Uh-huh. I could see it going that way. Um that might make the most sense cuz Emmett's kind of nondescript. Don't, nobody he's just like a big strong dude, whatever. And killing him also ups the stakes because he's like the biggest and strongest. So if he dies, it's like, oh my God, anybody could die. He's so big and strong. And it it's more motivation for, I'm betting that Emmett dies, but one of the two. All right. These are my wishes for New Moon. <laughs> uh, the Ellis and Bella romance subplot picks up speed. Notice I don't say begins because it's already begun in this book and movie. <laughs> uh i'm saying that's that's really going somewhere uh i would wish it was really going somewhere because that's well way more interesting second uh i really hope that we get to watch one of the vampires chew on a dead deer or bear ideally a bear because we there's a mention in this book that Emmett hunts bear and i think that would be funnier but one of the two i want to see i mean we see him like catch a deer in the beginning but I want to see a a vampire gnawing on an animal in the next one. And then finally, this is a way out there one, but Mike tries to fight Edward. And since Edward is trying to blend in as a human, he has to let Mike beat the shit out of him. (laughs) I want to see that happen. I think that would be a fun scene. I want... something happens like uh uh there's some tension between edward and bella mike is being the protective friend and still kind of in love with bella is going to defend her honor against edward and challenges to him fight they get in a fight and edward can't beat him up because he could kill him as we already have established all right (laughs) those are my predictions for new moon we got a few odd and odds and ends and then we'll get to the final verdict
1: really know where to put jessica in the grand scheme of our breakdown yeah i feel like they nailed her like kind of awkwardness and definitely her crush on mike but i felt like in the book she was actually a pretty okay friend to bella and in the movie it just seemed like she was jealous like i felt like they really upped the jealousy factor in the movie. From yeah. where it was in the book. Uh, yeah, I, I, like a that's bit. definitely present in the book, but.
0: It's all we get. It, it's one of those things where they don't have as much time. So they kind of all we get from her in the movie is the, like more of the jealous scenes and less of like them just being friends. We yeah. get a little bit of it. Like yeah. when they go to buy dresses and stuff, but yeah, I don't disagree. We mentioned the sparkling earlier and this is the pen I put in that. I wanted to bring it back because I thought this would be really interesting. I thought it was a cool I thought it would be a potentially cool reveal that doesn't go anywhere in the movie or in the book. And I thought this was going to be the case when I first read when he shows up in the, in the meadow Um, is that if being in the sunlight, so we know in traditional uh, lore, vampires in the sun burst into flames, die, can't go out in the sun. This one, obviously she needed to be needed them to be able to go out in the daytime and it to not be quite so drastic of consequences. Mm -hmm. So they sparkle, which reveals them, but, you know, they don't die. I thought it would have been an interesting potential plotline, a theme, thematic element, is if being in sunlight, either, one of two things, one, just made them feel really good,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: or two, maybe more interestingly, meant that they didn't have to feed.
1: So, like, they have photosynthesis?
0: And that's maybe the, the joke that it, it easily translates to that makes it silly. But mm-hmm. my thought being that maybe being in the sunlight where they sparkle and because he seems to be in a very good mood in that scene. And for a minute, it's made him seem the reason I, I kind of came up with this is I thought this is where it was going because he seems very euphoric when he's in the sunlight. And I think it's just cause he's in a good mood because of the other stuff happening, but it, it almost felt like an, an extra level of euphoria. And I thought, Oh, maybe like something with the sun is like, they can't go out in the sun because it reveals them but they desperately wish they could. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's this interesting dynamic there. And I was like, Oh, maybe what if it like they, they, if they're in, if they get enough sunlight, they actually don't need to feed. Hmm. Um. But they can't go out in the sun because it reveals them. Now, obviously there's, there's like a sort of a plot hole in As that if that's the case, they could just all like go live on a tropical Island together. Yeah. And just like hang out in the sun and like be happy, like chill. So like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't quite work. But I thought there was some element of that idea that could be interesting if it was somehow enticing to them to be out in the sun versus a traditional vampire that just desperately doesn't want, obviously yeah. kills them. Yeah. But the idea of being out in the sun is this great thing and makes them feel really good. I think there could be an interesting allegory there. Obviously, this is in the direction Stephanie Meyer going, but to um, coming out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and and i and 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 openly in um embracing your identity and that it feels good to do that but you can't because society feels like an obvious connection to me yeah and i think there's a way that that could be worked in a way and now obviously that's not i don't think where this is gonna go at all but do you see what i'm saying like yeah, i think no, that
1: uh, yeah i think that could be
0: there could have been a very interesting because it's this thing oh it identifies them as who they are it's it's literally them coming out
1: mm-hmm. yeah i think there could have been it. maybe in in a different story yeah i don't know if it would work in this story right. necessarily in this world that stephanie meyer created right but uh, yeah i think there is something compelling to that idea I just want to bring up how much Edward fucking gaslights oh, Bella. Yeah. Real hard. Especially uh, after the, the truck van crash. And he's like, you don't know what you saw. No.
0: She's like, but you were... And he's like, nope, I wasn't. Nobody will fucking believe you. Yeah.
1: Okay. Right. That's a
0: real hard abuser language. <laughs> That's like abuser language 101. <laughs> like, just right out of the playbook there. <laughs> like, they couldn't have written that scene... There's no way they didn't write that scene by just going to like a therapist and be like, okay, so like, or, or an abuse victim survivor and be like, so what exactly did they say to you? <laughs> word for word, like just into that scene. Like, holy Jesus. Ugh, yeah, it's uh, it's rough. Bella mentions at one point on page 302. She specifically says he laughed more tonight. And she's talking about Edward. He laughed more tonight than all the time I'd spent with him before. Pardon me, what? Pardon me, uh, <laughs> excuse me, what? It's literally all he does for the first 300 pages of this book. Every line, every word that he speaks, he is laughing or chuckling or smirking or laughing. He laughed more tonight than... It's like, did you forget the first 300 pages you wrote? <laughs> okay, cool, great. <laughs> sure.
1: You know, one thing I really noticed watching this movie was how much I could already tell that Robert Pattinson did not want to be there.
0: He was like, I was in Harry Potter. I was Cedric Diggory. Best thing that ever happened to me was dying in the first one of those movies I was in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's a line in the book. I almost put this in better in the movie because it's not in the movie, but I just wanted to mention it here. There's a line in the book that feels really gross and weird and it's not in the movie so that's good this is uh bella and edward show up at her house one time and jacob and billy are there uh and she's like "Uh, oh what do we do and bella says let me deal with this i suggested edward's black glare made me anxious to my surprise he agreed that's probably best be careful though the child has no idea i bridled a little at the word child jacob is not that much younger than i am i reminded him he looked at me then, his anger abruptly fading. Oh, I know, he assured me with a grin. It's going to be a yikes for me, dog.
1: <laughs> yep, that's pretty weird. It's going to be, be a yikes for one. me, dog. <laughs> um, on a similar note, <laughs> when they're at the prom, Bella and Edward dance with her, like, balanced on his feet. Yeah. And I feel like it's supposed to be cute. Nope. But that's like a dad-daughter thing, so that's going to be a no for me.
0: It's uh this this I feel like this book could be called baggage. <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe unfair, but there's definitely you get The feelings of, uh, some very particular, yeah, interesting, Mm -hmm. um, things that occur that are, uh, rough.
1: Yeah. Yep. I have a couple other things here. Um, (laughs) uh, one, the first thing here, uh, this is a, this is a rape culture red flag thing. Um, did you note, reading the book, that Bella routinely blames herself for Edward's actions. Yes. Both real and imagined. because um, sometimes she'll be like, Oh, this could have happened. Yeah. And it is always her fault. Yes. Cause she smells so dang good. Yeah. And, and that that and that is not even a subtle analogue no. to she was wearing a short skirt type of and men ideology. And men can't control themselves. No, no. The- yep.
0: The, the the parallel between the vampire wanting to eat her i mean it's 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 the it's again it's not even subtext it's basically yeah. just te- it yeah. is technically subtext but it's basically just text of the 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 parallel the analog of um
1: oh, it's, of sex it's not subtle no at it's all. not
0: subtle is that is that him eating her is literally sex like that's it's, yeah is, is them having sex and uh and yes it is always framed as something that he can't control obviously because he's a vampire which it's i mean when you and that's what makes it so insidious is that when you steep it in this weird fantasy thing where it's Mm -hmm. like he literally is like a a bloodthirsty demon like it's magic like yes like that 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 is true just in this book like he's a vampire and it's it's impossibly hard for him to control his uh, desire to eat her but then it, the parallel for that is that it's, yeah, of him wanting to sleep with her and that sort of thing. And, and, it, and it is always framed as something that she is guilty of enticing in him. Yeah. Not by her own doing, necessarily, just by the nature of being her,
1: mm-hmm. a girl. Yeah. Just existing. Yeah. Literally just existing.
0: Yes, it's real rough uh yeah and and i'm sure there'll be more of that but it is it is it is a thing that runs throughout the course of the book that is a constant uh uncomfortable reminder of sort of and it's the most obvious as we mentioned like moral
1: like mm-hmm.
0: uh, allegory of the story is is this is the is the the puritanical view yeah. and and portrayal of sexuality and uh, as this thing that is literally akin to being eaten and murdered by a monster
1: yeah to being consumed consumed
0: and 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 yeah uh and it changing you entirely in a way that you're not even you anymore and that sort you know mm-hmm. it's it's it, there's so much baggage there with with this oh, yeah,
1: there's a whole lot to unpack with
0: that thinly veiled uh allegory um, and i
1: wouldn't even want to try to unpack all of that in this one episode no.
0: No, we, we have it. we have four yeah. more to discuss, and, the, and, and this will, yeah.
1: this element of it I think is the most obvious in this book yeah. is like the most obvious nod to that. Yeah. Uh, another thing I wanted to bring up uh, in the book, it's a little different in the movie for reasons that we've already discussed, but in the book, the instant that Bella and Edward become an item, Bella becomes so insufferable like the first 250 pages or so i was like oh i forgot bella is actually not that bad i liked her and then like they get together and it was like ka-chunk yeah and all of a sudden she was he was like all that she thought about now i wanted to point that out (laughs) but i also want to point out that this does not erase the fact that like culturally through pop culture through memes through shitheads bella takes so much oh shit God, yeah. when the worst character is clearly edward edward's the fucking worst
0: he's the worst and the shit he takes isn't for him being the worst the shit he takes culturally or took at least culturally was because people could read him as as gay yeah like th- th- that was like the meme about edward is like he's gay <laughs>
1: sparkles sparkles gay. gay
0: he's uh oh he's 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 so handsome and yeah you know blah 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 like it, like it, it was all like queer coded like veiled yeah. yeah. thinly veiled uh homophobia and but bella's was all wasn't it was i mean it was clearly not even thinly veiled misogyny it was just misogyny yeah <laughs> and, and and so yeah it's um edward is by far a way less interesting and way worse character. Oh, he's a but nightmare. But he wasn't. He his the criticism of his character wasn't anything to do actually, like textually with his character.
1: Mm-mm.
0: I, I don't want to say none of it. There are definitely, obviously was, well, but, but like culturally yeah. widespread.
1: And we talked about this in the prequel. Most of this criticism that we're kind of keying into is from the heyday of twilight
0: and, and more widespread cultural yes. criticism versus like critical contemporary right. like feminist critics at the time being like you know he's pretty rapey <laughs> like <they're, laughs> we're not talking about those people obviously yeah right. the, we're talking existed. about the memes <laughs> yeah yeah
1: and even since then more people have started to do more critical analysis of this yeah. series um but the reactions to both were rough back yes. in the
0: day. <laughs> Definitely were not it all great. Rough. It was all rough. All right. Those are our odds and ends. It's time for the first time in this summer series to hear our final verdict. Now,
1: uh, are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterwards. All right, kids, strap in. <laughs> It's time to get potentially controversial. I want to talk about Bella and character assassination. Now, I mentioned a few minutes ago that for the first 250-ish pages of the book, I was pleasantly surprised by Bella. And I stand by that. She actually has some characterization to her. She clearly cares for both of her parents to the point of being self-sacrificing. Uh, She's lightly sarcastic, she makes jokes, she has a little bit of a temper, she's smart, she's good at school, she's ambitious enough to um, read interesting books, pick out interesting essay topics. And she's quiet and she's something of a people pleaser to some extent, but she expresses her opinions fairly readily. Now, I do think it's true, like I said, that she becomes much more insufferable after latching on to Edward, but I don't think that she necessarily loses any of that other stuff. I think it just gets overshadowed by that very strong and kind of sudden obsession. And as I was reading the book, I was thinking to myself, why do I remember Bella as a completely blank slate almost devoid of any character traits? And then I watched the movie. So I'm going to posit this theory. I think the reading of Bella as a very boring character without any personality traits largely comes from the movie. And we'll see how I feel about it moving forward with the book series. I mean, maybe Stephanie Meyer goes more of that route in the later ones, and I just don't remember. But... From where I'm standing, the movie took what little Bella had and ground it down to nothing. Was her characterization in the book strong or unique? Not really, but it was something. And furthermore, I think that when we lost her perspective, we also lost some of, some of the threads that held together the events leading up to her and Edward's relationship.
0: I agree. The movie improves many aspects of the story, and I think on pure numbers, I had more items in Better in the Movie than I did in Better in the Book. But neither the book or the movie are particularly compelling or particularly well-made. Neither of them have introduced uh, interesting themes yet, at least to me. Neither has really kicked off a bigger overarching plot, and both are really hamstrung by generic writing and problematic tropes. The movie improves a bit on some of the problematic stuff uh, and improves greatly on the pacing and some of the dialogue. Some of it. (laughs) (laughs) To me, the book's biggest strength over the movie is Bella's character and the amount of time we get to spend getting to know her as our protagonist. The movie can't match that. And since I think the most important part of the series so far is a fun form of romantic escapism for young girls, the book is just like a much more effective vehicle for that.
1: I totally agree. Um, even though I think the movie did some things better, I think we have to give this one to the book. Seconded.
0: <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it. I almost voted for the movie on this one. Originally my vote was for the movie, but the more I thought about it, the I, I teetered and I decided to go with mm-hmm. the book. But yeah, it was it was a close one for me. Uh they both they both have many flaws, but uh <laughs> But the book has a few more than the movie, in my opinion. So, or no, the movie has a few more than the book, in my yep. opinion. So that's it for this. Oh, it was oh, just about to hit three hours. No matter what we do, no matter how much we trim. Summer series. We still do three-hour summer series episodes.
1: I don't know how. <laughs> ah! All right. You guys love it. They're deep dives. They're deep
0: dives, people. They are our most downloaded episodes because, in, you know, they're the most popular books that we do. So that's we we spend more time on them than normal. I uh, hope you were uh had a good time. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, you can do us a giant favor if you're new here. A couple things. One, you can support us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com/slash this film is lit. You support us for two, five, or fifteen dollars a month. You get different things at each level. The most compelling thing is at the $15 level, you get priority recommendations. If you're a $15 patron, you can recommend things to us, and we are more likely to do them quickly. We've done quite a few already. Uh, our first blood episode, our Mortal Engines episode, um, our Christmas with the Cranks episode, and more upcoming have all been recommendations from our $15 patrons. Uh so yeah, check that out uh if you're interested in that. You can also do us a big favor, you can follow us on social media, just Facebook, Twitter, Goodreads, Instagram, any of that good stuff. Also, if you can't support us financially, uh, we we totally understand. That's fine. Just do us a giant favor. Go to iTunes or whatever it's called now, uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Find our podcast there if that's where you're listening to us or wherever you're listening to us. If you can leave us a rating and a review, even if you're not listening to us on Apple Podcasts, if you can do us the favor of going there and leaving a review and a rating, that helps a lot. We're up to 69. We were at 70. Now we're back down to 69. Somebody undid their review. I don't know what happened. Maybe they deleted their profile, but staying at 69 i'm okay with it (laughs) uh but yeah that's very helpful um and i believe that's everything i have katie we're not doing our next twilight story next
1: no Uh, typically with our summer series we have um some breaks in between books uh the earlier harry potter books we were able to do like all right in a row um but these are long books
0: 500 pages and more
1: so and yeah new moon is like 600 and yeah. something i think yeah so we need some time um, so we need some time to read so up next we are going to take a break from twilight and we are going to talk about if beale street could talk yeah
0: i'm really interested to watch this um i've never seen any movies by this director uh who i looked up last night and now can't remember the name of but he did moonlight mm-hmm. uh and if beale street could talk and something else well-known but um i'm really looking forward to it uh i remember hearing about it and thinking it sounded very interesting it's based on a uh, a book by um, um
1: james baldwin james
0: baldwin yeah um and i'm, I'm interested
1: activist. to read it i read a couple of his short stories yeah. in school but i've never read anything like full length by him and it's not very long it's like around 200 pages i
0: don't know if i've ever read anything by him but i've heard him speak in like youtube videos and stuff He's a very compelling speaker so i gotta mm-hmm. imagine a fantastic writer um so i yeah i'm very interested to see uh, what the book's like and how it compares to the film because I've heard the the movie is very good so that is our next one If Beale Street Could Talk you can come back and check out our prequel episode for that in one week's time and in two weeks time we're talking about If Beale Street Could Talk and in four weeks time <laughs> we're talking about Twilight New Moon or just New Moon I guess yeah. Is, yeah. Twilight Saga New Moon uh, so if you're just here for the summer series you can come back then but we highly encourage you come back we talk about interesting stuff every episode even if it's not uh stephanie meyer's weird obsession with cold men (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna do it for this episode until next week guys gals non-binary and everybody else keep reading books keep watching movies and
1: And keep keep being awesome. awesome